51 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A new report says the FBI was looking for Donald Trump's Access Hollywood tape when they raided his lawyer's office. The New York Times says FBI agents were seeking any evidence that lawyer Michael Cohen was hiding damaging information about Trump during the presidential campaign. In the 2006 video, which I'm sure everyone has seen repeatedly, Trump is heard talking about grabbing and forcibly kissing women in not so broadcastable terms. Oh, yeah. And also, Billy Bush still doesn't have a job because right. of that. I don't, what could they be looking for that hasn't already been seen on this tape? I'm not sure. Just maybe documents, because I think that, that there's a timeline like a lot of this stuff. People are like, well, how does this line up with the Russia investigation? Um, some of the stuff, like the exact same day that that tape came out was also, I I believe, the first day of the WikiLeaks dump. Mm. So they're, they're, they're trying to synchronize some of the timelines. Ah. House Speaker Paul Ryan says he's stepping down from Congress when his term expires. In a news briefing yesterday, Ryan said he didn't intend to be intended to be Speaker for a long period of time and says that he took the job reluctantly in 2015. Ryan said he's proud of the accomplishments of the Republican-led House, including that big tax cut bill that was approved last year. Police say Snapchat and Facebook users helped investigators find a person who performed a BMX stunt on the hood of a Bridgeville police car. Investigators say followers of the department's Facebook page pointed police to the suspect. Bridgeville's chief of police says the juvenile pretty much admitted within moments of police arriving at his home that he did it and uh, will be charged after Bridgeville police determine the damage to the car. A 106-year-old British man is now the oldest person ever to ride a zip line. Centenarian Jack Reynolds celebrated his birthday Friday by riding the zip line. Guinness World Records was on hand to witness the event, which was filmed on Good Morning Britain. Reynolds, no stranger to world records, on previous birthdays, he became the oldest person to ride a roller coaster and the oldest person to get his first tattoo. He's been alive since April 16th, 1912. Oh, my God. So he's just going to be pretty much breaking records from here on out? Sounds like it, yeah. When Southern Oregon University recently sent out a warning to all students about cougar sightings in the area, senior Caleb Diaz hit the reply all button and wrote, that's just my mom. He told BuzzFeed he assumed the joke wouldn't go through because he thought you needed some type of administrative permission to reply all. School says that it normally would have been blocked, but somehow it got through. Diaz said that he initially panicked, but the reaction from everyone wasn't what he expected. He said people thought it was funny, including students and school personnel. No protest or march or anything like that. He said people took it as a joke, and so did his mom. So... Comedy Central's next roastee will be Bruce Willis. Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis will tape this summer in L.A. An air date uh, set to be announced soon. Uh, He says, this isn't the first time I'll be tied to a chair and held hostage by a group of humorless bleeps for a couple hours. Justin Bieber, Pam Anderson, Rob Lowe, and Charlie Sheen were some of the recent roastees. Die Hard reference there? Die Hard reference? Uh, I'm guessing. Yeah, sure. Hilarious. Can't believe he's doing this. Wow. Don't know why, other than... I uh, thought his career was going well. Yeah, I was thinking that he must have been something where he was, like, facing his fears or something. I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. what would I hate more than anything? Getting roasted. Okay, I'm going to do that. 
ZZ Top set to release a second collection of five vinyl LP albums appropriately titled Cinco Number no. 2, available June 1st. The second set begins with 1979's Degayo and includes 1981's El Loco, 83's Eliminator, 85's Afterburner, and 1990's Recycler. Meanwhile, the Texas Trio will kick off a 32-show U.S. tour on April 18th in El Paso and wrap it up June 29th in Red Wing, Minnesota. For ticketing and information and details on their five-night residency in Vegas, you can hit up ZZ Top's official website. Finally, Mariah Carey is going public about being bipolar. Pop star is on the cover of People magazine and says she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in 2001. Carrie said in an interview that she lived in isolation and fear of being exposed. But she is finally in a good place with therapy and medication. The 48-year-old mother of twins is back in the studio working on her latest album. Rainy this morning, but decreasing clouds going to be windy and warm today. 70 for the high. It's 54 at DVE. It is the DVE morning show, and the Penguins got off to a hell of a start against the Flyers last night. The real story, though. Sid, the flippin' kid. Cancel again. Goes in behind the net in the Philadelphia zone. Around to Dumoulin. Shoots it. Where's it going? It's up a stick and in behind. Elliott is 5-0 Pittsburgh. Quasi reached. At the last second, I think it got a stick in there, and the Pens have a 5 nothing lead. Slap me, silly Sydney. Again, picking one out of the air last night, Sidney Crosby redirects it behind Elliott. They chase the goalie. They shut out the Flyers. Hammered. And uh, won by a touchdown. I don't know. Did you hear what Giroux said after the game? I don't know, they made a lot of plays. Um, they had a chance to score, they did, and when we did, we didn't. So uh, it was uh, one of the worst games uh, I've been a part of, and uh, yeah. One of the worst games I've been a part of. Really, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I thought it was great. Uh, Penguins absolutely dominated last night, and the Flyers didn't look like they belonged in the building. No. An absolute rout. It's going to be a real short series if they bring that kind of effort. An absolute route. 7-0 last night at PPG Paints Arena. Game 2 tomorrow night. We'll be talking with Dan Potash about that a little later A little later on this morning. Mike Pursuta also with some post-game for you coming up. Stan Savern will do the same. Our buddy Joe Bartnick is still in town. He was at the game last night. He'll add to the uh, Penns Flyers discussion. Plus, we'll play pay tribute to comedy legend Mitzi Shore, who died yesterday. Mitzi Shore is a true legend. Yes, she's basically the the uh, matriarch of stand up comedy, and the comedy store sort of uh, became the blueprint for what comedy clubs around the world would do. Um, and she, uh, well, she oversaw a lot of careers. She launched a lot of superstars into orbit. Isn't isn't that what that show on uh, HBO is or Showtime? Yes, I'm dying. Of yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, also, uh, John Dick Winters and Shane Torres in studio later on this morning in support of the Burning Bridges Festival. Shane Torres appearing tonight. He did a show last night as well. Shane was the one who went viral with his uh, pro Guy Fieri take on Conan <laughs> O'Brien's show. So they'll be in after 9 o'clock as well. Hey, fellas. You want to watch a Pens game down outside the arena? We're having trouble getting out of work early enough to get a seat in front of Mario's TV that ain't clear up the Hill District. It's not exactly gentrified up there yet, you know. Worried about getting blue balled by spring. 
Literally. And figuratively. And don't want to take the chance on freezing for hours before puck drop. Because that Jag Kevin Benson swore it was going to finally warm up. Then leave it to us. I'm Tim Kabaki. And I'm his brother, Trolls. He's my nose. Better eyes. The Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Big, Big TV, TV Kings. Kings. We'll get down to PPT Center. Dunce. It's Console Arena. No, not no more. Console uh-huh. fracked all the gas out of PA, and they're drinking somebody else's milkshake now. So what's it called? The Paint Dome? PPG Trib Arena? As part of the premium playoff package, we'll teach you how to pronounce the name of the arena. Irregardless, we'll get you down to Mario's TV early. And reserve your premium viewing spots. Our seat placeholder, Dennis, will guide you through a variety of packages customized to meet your Penguin fan needs down the arena. Silver and gold packages include transfer of your favorite porch couch to a sightline free spot in a TV lot. One way. Yeah, we ain't taking it back. Ain't we done enough for you? Premium packages also include a little Playmate cooler full of Isley's Jumbos. They're hammier. And a Dan Potash cardboard cutout to conduct your own in-between period fake interviews. Ham and thanks, Dan. Remember, outside of PPP Paintery, Paint Gazette Pavilion, Absolutely no alcohol is permitted. Wink. Nudge. We're good, comp. Know what I mean? We'll hook you up. Get all banged up. Mom's a word. Using your vape? Just ask what's up. Order your premium packages now. And receive a book of Mad Libs of the Philadelphia Flyers for in-between periods. Here's one we filled out last night. It had us in stitches. The Philadelphia Flyers are... A bowl full of grumpies. In the National... Fart Suckers. League. Their coach, Dave, tired, stall, is relying on forward, taint stain, Giroux, to not, felch goats, priceless, hilarious, and free to the first 10 purchasers of the Pittsburgh Big TV Kings premium packages. The Pittsburgh Big TV Kings. Yins guys will love us. A hat trick for Sidney Crosby. What a performance from Sid the Kid last night. A natural hattie. And the Pens win 7-0. Matt Murray was outstanding last night. Pens defense, great. The uh, fourth line, tying them up. Do all the concerns of Penguins fans allayed. However, it's just one game. That should have counted for two, though. <laughs> just ass one game. You think they're going to go out and get blank 7 nothing on uh, Friday night, the Flyers? You got another thing coming. I'm telling you right now. You're right. It's 5 nothing, Probably. Yeah. Pursuit has got your sports coming up here in just a little bit. Basking in the glory of an absolute ass-whooping of the Philadelphia Flyers. It's the DVE Morning Show. Oh, another shot from the left side by Dumont and gets in. Brian Dumont from the left point area. It might have been touched in the way in, and if it is Crosby, it'll be the hat trick for the Penguin captain. And the hats are flowing on the ice, and Sir Sidney has scored, and you can get that dog off my lawn. It's the DVE Morning Show. 
Oh, the goals just kept coming last night. Rusty got things going. They head into the Penguins and by Philadelphia, but the Penguins play it up quickly, and Crosby to Jake Gensel. Gensel to the tang, down the right side, comes in and shoots it, and a save made by Elliott. Rebound, into net it goes! The Penguins have scored here to take the lead. Brian Ross sweeps it by Elliott from 30 feet, and the Pens take a 1-0 lead. Paul Arnold slick from Turtle Crick. Brian Rush. Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang with the goal call there. The Penguins with a beatdown. And it just was so... We were at the game last night. It was so much fun. That's my kind of game. That is a Crawford. My kind of (laughs) game. I'm not sure we even watched any of the third period really i mean we were standing up at the bar watching it mm-hmm. i don't have it i didn't have a moment of anxiety past puck drop right no it was a nice quick easy goal peasy. that's fun we that, are, that's my idea of fun well i mean they got that goal when was that like two minutes in yeah oh, it yeah. was early so, so the pens i don't think jimerson was all the way back in the locker room yet <laughs> Mike Pursuta with a uh, recap of last night's huge Penguins win for you when we come back here. 7-0 blanking of the Philadelphia Flyers. Joe Bartnick, our buddy, Puck Off podcast host and uh, comedian extraordinaire, Pittsburgher. He probably doesn't have a voice today. No, probably not. (laughs) Dan Potash will be giving us a shout also, and Stan Savin will do the same. A lot of Pens talk for you this morning. Mike Pursuit is here with your sports on the DVE Morning Show. And what a start for the Pittsburgh Penguins in this series. I thought they would win game one. I didn't think they would completely demoralize the Flyers on the way to doing that. I thought the Penguins would win, but I thought the Flyers would show up. (laughs) Turns out I was one for two. Sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Seven to nothing Penguins last night. And I think that was reflective of the effort Philadelphia put into the game. The attention to detail with which the Penguins played regarding whether or not they were going to give up scoring chances and goals and see, last but certainly not least, what can happen when Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby decide to do something magical on the same night. And uh, there you have it, 7 to nothing. Uh, Philadelphia was really bad. Let's uh, let's start there. Really terrible. Really, uh, really bad. Well, the, they didn't even make it until the last game of the season, right? Correct. From, it, the, from the goal out. Uh, the Penguins, though, pounced on uh, the mistakes that the Flyers repeatedly made and the opportunities the Flyers kept presenting. And uh, the Penguins were also really good. They played as if they cared whether or not they gave up scoring chances. And if they're going to do that and let the game come to them, and, and kind of, hey, we're going to play it straight up, play it honest, and when you make a mistake, then we strike. If they're going to do that, that's the kind of stuff that can translate from game. You can replicate that a lot easier than you can Sidney Crosby batting the puck out of the air into the net, although based on the amount of times he's done that, oh. maybe you can replicate that whenever he wants. Uh, I still think it's harder to keep doing that than it is to play smart, play hard, uh, play a tactically sound game as the Penguins did last night and just let the other team beat itself. Uh, if that keeps happening, this series might be over in three. Uh, the hi- <laughs> the highlights were clearly uh, Malkin's freight train to the net backhand goal and Crosby doing the bat-the-puck 
out of midair and into the net thing yet again. Uh, that's kind of what these guys do. Here's Penguins head coach Mike Sullivan. You know, there there aren't too many guys that that can make those types of plays. Um, you know, it, these guys sometimes sometimes we marvel at what they do out there with their talent level and their instincts. And uh, you know, the, I think those two goals are an indication of of, of just how talented they are. And uh, you know, as their coaches, it, it's sometimes you, you take it for granted because we see it we see them a number of times over the course of a few seasons these guys when they uh every once in a while they they come up with those types of highlight real goals they're just uh they're exciting to watch they're uh they're certainly inspirational type goals for our team um that's what these guys bring i mean that 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 goal where he came out of the box mike with rockets on his back and just skated through their whole team Including uh, right by Claude Giroux, who didn't seem interested at, at all. Oh, my God. At all. Just coasting. He just gave up. Just Yeah. How, how do you do that in a game one of the first round? You don't understand the playoffs. That's what you come to the rink with? That's why you worked so hard down the stretch to get into the postseason, to do that? I mean, my wow. takeaway from that last night, Mike, was that... The Penguins. Well, Drew's been in the playoffs before. He's, no, he's won series before. No, right? I, well, against the Penguins. Yeah. Uh, but but it takes a team. And the Penguins flipped the switch into postseason mode, like we said they'd be able to, or at least it certainly appeared to be that way last night. And the Flyers had no idea how to do it. No, and they they just kept screwing up, and the Penguins kept making them pay. Here's Philadelphia head coach Dave Haxtell. In a lot of the opportunities uh, that. Uh, you know that they had tonight. We made mistakes either with the puck, uh, you know, a play or two before, or or a mistake in coverage. So, um, you know, there were times of the game early on where I thought we looked we looked tight. Um, you know, I thought we had gotten over that at, at, at the start of the second period. Uh, you know, the first uh, seven eight minutes there, um, but you know they they turned that around on us when they came down and, and scored the uh, the fourth goal on the power play. Yeah, that was the one that uh, Derek Broussard banked off Jake Gensel's stick into the net. Broussard was great last night. At 7.50 the second period. The first three goals, the, the game-opening goal by Rust. Latang just throws a shot at the net from not a dangerous angle, and Elliott's fighting it, and he gives up this huge, juicy rebound. one nothing. Second goal, Haglin's goal. Uh, Sean Couturier turns it over, tries to glove it and play it with his stick, and turns it over inside his own blue line. He's supposed to be one of the best defensive right. forwards out there. Just gacked it up like a hairball. You can't have that stuff happen. And then the Malkin goal we mentioned, uh, Giroud just let him go right by. One of the prettiest uh, Geno goals I've seen yeah. in a while. But, but that should never happen. No. Like, never. Um, How many turnovers did they have in their own zone last night? I mean, they were constantly giving the puck back to the Penguins. Yeah, they were really poor. Uh, the goalie showed me nothing. He was... Oh, well, they chased him, so, yeah. uh, you know. He showed you the back of his jersey on the way down the tunnel. Uh, it sounds like he's still the guy. Uh, Hackstall was asked about that last night, and he didn't think that Elliott played that poorly. Then and, they don't have a guy. Uh, yeah, that's... If he's the and, guy, you ain't got Peter one. Peter Mrazek certainly is not the answer. Um, and hopefully, you know, I like the fact that I, I heard uh, over and over last night that they were constantly uh, 
repeating that phrase. It's just one game. It's just one game. It that's important. Yeah. They, boy, oh yeah, the talking points were were well hey, prepared. Good. That there's a reason you go through them. Yep, there is. Absolutely. Um, you know, the only thing I would say, it, it it's maybe a different game. Uh, Scott Lawton had that goal on his stick when it was one nothing early, and he fanned on it, and then Murray made an incredible glove save. Yeah, incredible on yeah, the second did. attempt, but that's got to be in the net. Yeah, he, he that it, that was a golden opportunity for them. Yeah, and great, then, uh, great save. Travis Konecki had a breakaway when it was three nothing, and he was going high glove side, and he missed everything. There's two chances where Philadelphia scores. Maybe the game plays out a little differently. Right. But yeah, Philly's going to have a hard time winning, as we said going into this. It's, it's a matter of the score and how many games. But but it's a revealing to me last night the, the, the complete lack of any type of desperation, urgency, or give a damn from Philadelphia was. I, I would be alarmed if I was uh, Dave Haxball. No, yeah, uh, far from a done deal, but boy, if that's any indication of how things are going to go, like you said, they might get it done in three. Could happen. Well, uh, we forfeit the last game. We're just we we want this to be over. It was well, they really are, they are coming back here between because of the break. They're going to play Sunday in Philly, and then the Pens are going to come back to Pittsburgh. Game four is not supposed to be till Wednesday. Wednesday. Maybe, maybe the Flyers will just say, "Hey, you know what? Let's save everybody the trouble." It was really fun to be there. It was really fun to I'll bet. To, oh, that place was rocking. I'll bet. Because there was no pressure. It was all gravy. Yeah. It was almost like a, a an exhibition playoff game, like to get the fans back used to the playoff nuances. And, oh, there's Ryan Chase here. Let's cheer for him. Right. Here's when we do this. <laughs> now here's when we cheer. All of your favorite players will score tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, there's the new Pitt basketball coach. I don't know his name, but yay! Hey! <laughs> yeah. I know. That was great when they showed him last night, when they showed uh, Capel. It was like, well, talk about being popular by virtue of not, hey. not, you can't possibly do any worse. He's a Duke guy. Show up to a Penguin game in a Crosby jersey when you get to town. Yeah. Good PR move, coach. They smart. That's smart. Some uh, statistical nuggets of note from last night. Sidney Crosby tied Mario Lemieux with his third career playoff hat trick. That's a franchise record. Crosby and Brian Rust were both plus five. That ties the uh, Penguins' single-game playoff record set by Lemieux on April the 25th, 1989 against the Flyers. Philadelphia, thank you. That was the uh, Ron Hextall chasing Robbie Brown game. (laughs) Uh, the Penguins equaled uh, the franchise record for largest margin of victory in a playoff game. They had won by seven goals on May the 21st, 2017 against Ottawa and on April the 20th, 1993 against New Jersey. Both of those were seven to nothing scores. And uh, Matt Murray, his uh, playoff shutout streak, 206 minutes and 26 seconds. <laughs> dating back to the Stanley Cup final last year. How about that? My only complaint, I thought Sullivan should have gone for two. <laughs> you get a chance to step on your throat, you got to step on it. <laughs> yeah. Like, Bill used the football analogy, and we were waiting for the car, and like some older guy walked by, and he's like, what was the score of the Penguins game? And Bill's like, yeah, beat him by a touchdown, 7 nothing. The guy's like, oh, yeah, a touchdown and a goal. And I was like, what, do you understand what? Do you know what the reference he just used? 
I'm like, I don't think he understood. No, seven. He's was like, he we're going to win the World Series this year. <laughs> was he, All right, that guy doesn't know hockey or, was or he sports. Su- was he such a, a, a strict fan that he was thinking, well, that's six? six. Yes, that's, that's what he was. All right. Because you have that option to go for two. And again, I thought Sullivan should have done it. I think he's too conservative here to start things Moving up. forward, we'll go for two when we deem it necessary. They run those plays in practice. Why don't they use them, right? Whenever Connor Sherry is ready to go with a lower body injury. I love Pittsburgh Penguin postseason hockey. But the best part Not is as much getting, as Damashek, getting to leave. <laughs> Early at uh, you know a seven nothing game. It was oh, a, it yeah, was a don't cr- admit it. That's an issue. You're, I don't you're not allowed. No, it's not, but yes, no, yeah, no, yeah, all those yeah, people in the upper deck will think poorly of you. That's fine. It was it's, a Crawford last night. It was a Crawford. <laughs> you're not allowed to leave early just because you, you pay for your ticket and you have a job <laughs> doesn't mean you can do what you want. This is not America. And you have to fight out of that ridiculous parking situation. I will say low attendance last night at the TV. Yeah, I was kind yeah, of surprised by that. wasn't as packed as I imagined. But Friday night, that's going to turn around. After the beatdown, a weekend game, the weather will be a oh, lot be nicer. There's going to be several thousand people outside tomorrow night, I think. And that was no indication of how rowdy it was inside. Because I was like, oh, is this a, right. a signature of things to come? No. No, no, no. It was, it was crazy inside. Crowd was awesome. Val's got news coming up. What do you got? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit coming up at the top of the hour about uh, the youngest girl to ever climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Little girl. And uh, we'll do today's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame feature on Bon Jovi. Okay, that's on the way for you. Plus, our buddy Joe Bartnick from the Puck Off Podcast will be stopping by the studio. Dan Potash also joining us to talk Penn's Flyer. It is a DVE morning show. Penguins, destroy the Flyers. I've just been going through... Twitter and reading uh, hashtag flyers. <sighs> oh my God, those fans have to be uh, totally distraught. It is hilarious. I look, they, there's nothing for them to hold on to there. Nothing. Seven nothing. Their stars stunk. The goalie was terrible. Sid had a hat trick. That was the other thing. Never underestimate Crosby doing well, the impact that that has on them psychologically. Uh. Uh, it was very cool to see Ryan Shazier in attendance last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Got the crowd fired up, uh, if you didn't see. It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. Led the uh, crowd in a let's go Pens chant. I mean, that just had to have everybody on the verge of tears, basically, seeing him stand up. It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh! <laughs> Let's go, Pitt! Let's go, Pitt! Let's go, Pitt! Let's go, Pitt! It sounded like you said, let's go, Pitt. But I think he's saying, let's go, Pens. But it's I think like, he's saying, yeah, he didn't pluralize it. Right, he's just, there's just one. That he was, let's go, Penn. He was, he was talking to one person in particular. He saw Gino skating around. Gino. How it, about that? Penalty and a goal. He, it's, Does that sum up Gino pretty It's the pretty tale good? of two Genos. <laughs> it's the best of Genos. It's the worst of Genos. All the time. You die by you live by the Gino and you die by the Gino, but most of the time you live by the Gino. And last night, dumb penalty. He did he, he took that penalty on a power play. He had the two hooking? last night. We had to admit, yeah, he had two yeah. in the first period, I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. And 
He took one with the man advantage. But when he comes out of the box and does this, I mean, good Lord. Comes over to Teru. Penalty's over. Comes to Gostasbera. Slapper block. Malkin gets to the puck. He's back on. Malkin, one on three. Goes through everybody. Coming one. One man to beat. Two scores! What a play by FKNA Malkin! You would have to be here to believe it! 71, Evgeny Malkin makes it 3 nothing. Pittsburgh on an unbelievable rush to the net area. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's a perfect call. You had to be here to believe that. It, that place exploded. How did they let Gino score on that? How did he make it happen with a backhand? Two Spectacular goals last night. One from Gino, one from Sid. Uh, as pretty as you'll ever see. They destroy the Flyers in game one last night. Pens one, Flyers zero. DVE. It's the DVE morning show. Well, you know, we had the Hockey Night and Punjabi guys on the show yesterday, and we were saying that this might have been our favorite goal call they had when Benino was still on the team. Not the Benino call. The Benino hit the brakes. Sorry, I meant Hagelin. Pittsburgh and Anthony Horner. Hajimi on it. Benino on the shot. What kind of goal? Nick Benino, 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 Benino. Haggy, Haggy, Haggy. Well, last night, Haggy, 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 Hagelin came through. Trying to get it out of the zone. Can't do it. Late chance here, and Hawkwood shoots and scores! Hawkwood shot that puck, and Hagman may have got it in front. The Penguins take a 2-0 lead. Oh my goodness. Let's go hunt Moose on a Harley. The Penguins have scored again. Yeah, the Pens 7-0 destroy the Flyers in Game 1. More on the way for you from uh, our buddy Joe Bartnick from the Puck Off Podcast, Dan Potash, Dan Savern, Mike Pursuta. And more. Also, we'll have comedy legend, veteran of the comedy store in uh, Los Angeles, Jimmy Schubert, calling us. We're going to remember Mitzi Shore, the life of the comedy icon, Mitzi Shore. She passed away yesterday. Polly Shore's mom. And uh, she was basically the matriarch of modern comedy. Yeah. The den mother to a bunch of stand up legends. Everyone from Richard Pryor to Robin Williams to Jim Carrey to David Letterman to Jay Leno. To Mark Marin, everyone of today, yeah, all, all the big Richard uh, Belzer, yeah, all those guys. It's crazy. Fowler's got news next. Fowler, we're going to talk about uh, today is National Grilled Cheese Day. Oh well, or toasted cheese, however you like to say. Grilled, it. grilled not cheese. toasted. Grilled. I've had people come to my defense. I'm just saying. Mm. So we'll talk about we'll talk about cheese. They probably use the <laughs> Canadian spellings. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, want to remind you that with Shane uh, Torres and John Dick Winters coming in the studio later this morning, getting ready for the Burning Bridges Comedy Festival, which is already underway. Shane performed last night. He'll perform tonight as well. Bill Crawford will close things out Sunday at Club Cafe. Go to burningbridgesfestival.com for a full lineup of comedy here in the Berg this weekend. I love Pittsburgh Penguin postseason hockey. But the best part is getting, getting to leave early at uh, you know a seven nothing game. It was oh, a, it yeah. was a don't cro- admit it. That's an issue. You, I don't you're not care. allowed. No, it's not. But yes, not yeah, yeah, all those yeah, people in the upper deck will think That's poorly of you. That's fine. It was a Crawford. Last night was a Crawford. <laughs> you're not allowed to leave early. Just because you, you pay for your ticket and you have a job <laughs> doesn't mean you can do what you want. 
This is not America. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Leave it to Mike to be upset about something this morning. It's 7 <laughs> nothing Penguins in Game 1. A beatdown and Crosby with a natural hattie. Oh, another shot on the left side by Dumoulin and gets in. Brian Dumoulin from the left point area. It might have been touched in the way in. And if it is Crosby, it'll be the hat trick for the Penguin captain. And the hats are flowing on the ice. And Sir Sidney has scored, and you can get that dog off my lawn. The hat trick for Sidney Crosby. What did they do with all those hats? Bill was very upset when I told him after the game that you couldn't go get your hat. <laughs> well, I was just wondering, logistically, like, what do they do with all those hats? And you were like, I don't know, they probably throw them away. I'm like, Goodwill. Oh, man, really? Take them to Goodwill. Well, what are you going to do? You can't, like, there's not, like, a hat check. You don't have a receipt for the hat you threw. I could say that's my hat, and some guy goes, "No, that's my hat." You need to be, you know, sitting in, sitting there fighting, fighting over a hat. <laughs> yeah, can't have hat fights. No, you just Plus, get you rid of the hat. Share hats. No, do you, do you, no, no, you, you don't. don't want to take that chance. Although one time at Penn State, uh, I lost my hat, and then I found it on a cab driver's head a week later, <laughs> and I was like, hey, "Did man. you ask for it back?" No, I told him he could keep it at that point. Oh, okay. I was like, "Hey, man, did somebody leave that hat in your cab?" And he goes, "No, yeah." Like he wanted to lie about it and didn't, and I was like, "Yeah, it's my hat." Go ahead, you can keep it. And then he had to feel We're weird We're just going to barter it. this ride. Is that cool? <laughs> this ride's for that hat. This ride is for that hat. Uh, but uh, the, the sweet hat last night coming, courtesy of Sidney Crosby, whose first goal was magic. Magic. Pick, picked out of midair. Cancel again. Goes in behind the net in the Philadelphia zone. Around to Dumoulin. Shoots it. Where's it going? It's up. sticking in behind Elliott. Five. Nothing. Pittsburgh. Crosby reached. At the last second, I think it got a stick in there, and the Pens have a five nothing lead. Slap me, silly Sydney. I thought it was going to be a high stick, possibly mm-hmm. upon first glance. The Penguins were relentless last night. First three goals in rapid fashion. And Malkin, of course, with that spectacular breakaway after jumping out of the penalty box, they had to i don't know what it feels like to be in that flyers locker room right oh, now claude totally the moral a funeral thing. fraud Giroux last night after the game <laughs> i don't know they made a lot of plays um they had a chance to score they did and when we did we didn't so uh it was uh, one of the worst games uh, i've been a part of and uh yeah minus four Giroux. Starting Some, to realize why uh, the Penguins have that little streak going, huh, huh Claude? Uh, man, that was just a lot of fun to watch. Someone put together uh, the Greater Pennsylvania Open Leaderboard. Round one, Giroux, minus four. Couturier, minus four. <laughs> Go to spare, minus four. hilarious these guys putting up some serious golf scores last night because uh they might be golfing soon Mm -hmm. Ah, (laughs) unbelievable somebody threw their hat last night and uh he he tweeted us and said he didn't get it back he he wants to know bill if you can broker a deal with the penguins going forward so that people can get their hat that would be that would be like a fun thing to do if you walked in with a hat they would give you a receipt that you could stick a sticker inside your hat. Oh, like a coat check type thing? Yes. Uh-huh. And then you would hold on to it, so you'd have the sticker inside your hat. That way, if you threw it, you could go get in line. And who in a million years would do that? Nobody forces you to throw your hat. 
But they, yeah, but you get shamed into not doing it. If you're wearing a hat, I was telling Bill. Well, this is how the whole conversation started because Randy was like, I don't want to throw my hat. This is a new hat. <laughs> yeah, I just got the hat. I'm like, well, you could take a junk hat with you, I guess. Yeah, but you can't anticipate that there's going to be a hat trick. Well, maybe you should. Well, in this series, maybe you should because the, uh, the, the Flyers didn't look like they belong on the ice last night. They certainly didn't seem to have a give a bleep, did they? No. How, how could they co- go out and be that flat in the postseason against the champs, against their cross-state rival? Maybe they shouldn't be in the playoffs. So, some wet Maybe blanket Pens fan. Like, I was, I mean, last night we basically crowd surfed home. Yes. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a fun night. Fun. And I'm just tweeting stuff, and somebody's like, hey, it's only one game. I remember being up 2 nothing on <laughs> so-and-so team, and then we lost the series. I'm like, hey, dude, have a little bit of joy into your life, please. Right. I, I, I'm not saying – first of all, I'm not on the team. I can get as carried away as I want. <laughs> don't but, lose focus. I, I, I don't play for them. But I, I can celebrate – a beatdown of the Flyers, and also realize it's only one game. Yeah. I get it. But we just beat them by seven. What side would you rather be on? I, I'd i rather be on the side where I have to reel back my enthusiasm. Exactly. These guys, I mean, you heard Giroux, one of the worst games I've been a part of. I thought Everybody it was would good. agree. We all went to the game. Val, you sound a little, sound a little uh, low-key right now. Well, yeah. You a little tired? A little bit. Do we keep you out too late? I uh, well, I just couldn't fall asleep when I got home. Because you're so excited, or because you had a belly full of GERD? Well, a little <laughs> from column A. <laughs> a little, belly full of GERD. A little from column B. Got a belly full of GERD. I can't sleep. <laughs> had to sleep in the recliner last night again. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> Why? It just that's just a position like it, you feel comfortable in. Yeah, you're just so full, and if you lay down, all the food like. Pushes up into your... Yeah, we had a big dinner before the game. Yeah, so I slept on the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to buy you like a prop you up like a horse and sleep device. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just I mean, string me up. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be something like that you can use. But I, it should, I, it's probably not a bad idea to mass market that. Yeah. Like for people who... A lot are, of sufferers could benefit from You're just kind of like hanging there. Sleep like, standing up. I'm not going to be able to sleep like this. Wait a minute. This is the most comfortable... And the GERD just settles. Yeah. A vertical bed. Vertical GERD. <laughs> a GERDical bed. <laughs> that's what you can call it. The GERDical. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why they make girdles. Yes. Although that would push it up probably even more. Well, that's why that's why they, they called it that, because it gave you GERD. Maybe, yeah. It was a girdle. Nobody wants that. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm girdling all over the place. Imagine how uh, dyspeptic... Flyers fans were last <laughs> night having to watch that beat down. Uh, one nothing Penguins. One nothing good guys. Game two tomorrow night at the PPG Paints Arena. It was a lot of fun. There were not a lot of people outside for the TV last night because it was a little cold. Not a bad crowd. And it was game one. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, it's old hat for Penguins fans now. Oh, it's just the playoffs. Okay. We've been here. We've done that. We're going to pace ourselves because we're going to be doing this for a few months. That being said... Tomorrow night, outside of Friday your, night, it's gonna be a bleep show. Warm. Oh yeah, good weather. It'll be it's supposed packed. to be in the seventies. Yeah, tomorrow. but uh, weren't you reminded when you woke up this morning? Oh yeah, 
playoff hockey. <laughs> I forgot what it's like to eat too much, to have beers on weeknights. Stay up. And not get enough sleep. I was sitting in I'm here. I'm walking on sunshine. Before yeah, you guys got fine. here, and yeah. I was like, I, I forget what to do. <laughs> and I thought it's already starting it's only game one yeah you've got two more full months of this oh, well yeah. look tomorrow night you know is a, is a weekend night yeah so sleep it off no excuses get to sleep in and, a, and then early Sunday game, yeah. early game on Sunday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. afternoon so it's like I'm loving this so far, you know, and uh, athletes have been asked this a million times. You know, do you hear the crowd when you're playing? But right. there was one point last night, Murray made a save, and the crowd just erupted. Oh, yeah. And I thought, I wonder if he hears that. Had to. he had to? You're talking about the save in the first period. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was incredible. Oh, it's no bueno. Is just bad news right now for the Flyers. Oh, the entire team had explosive diarrhea on the ice. Bad. Really bad. <laughs> it's it's going to be a short series if you come out and play like that. Sidney Crosby, natural hattie last night. How about that? Val's got news for you right now. What's going on? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It is brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 51 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. Well, speaking of hockey, the mayors of Pittsburgh and Philly have agreed to a friendly service bet over their team Stanley Cup playoff series when the Penguins win the series. Philly Mayor Jim Kenney will spend a day here in Pittsburgh working with homeless veterans. And in the unlikely event the Flyers win the series, Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto will volunteer at Philly's Hub of Hope, which helps the Philly area homeless. And if anybody didn't pay attention or just tuned in or, you know, you just haven't checked anything yet this morning, the Penguins did win 7 nothing over the Flyers last night. Uh, you know, I like that. Let's do some... Uh... Constructive Good stuff. stuff, not like Silly. you send me a cheesesteak, I'll send you a permanis. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. like them getting our permanis. <laughs> a witness in the Bill Cosby trial called the comedian a serial rapist in court yesterday. Cosby's defense attorney tried to paint the woman at the center of the case, that's Andrea Constand, as a con artist. Cosby attorney Kathleen Bliss claimed witness Heidi Thomas made it very clear she wanted to help Constand. But before exiting the witness box, Tom, box Thomas shot back, I want to see a serial rapist convicted. Thomas said she was sexually assaulted by Cosby in 1984. Yeah, that's going to be a hard defense or a hard, uh, you know, uh, tact to take for the rest of the 37 other victims. Like, they're all copycat con artists. Yeah. Former Republican House Speaker John Boehner will be advising a marijuana company. Boehner tweeted he is joining the Board of Advisors of Acreage Holdings. He said his thinking on cannabis has evolved. During his time in Congress, he was opposed to the legalization of pot. Because Big Pharma wanted him to be. Former Massachusetts Republican Governor Bill Weld is also joining the company. Didn't he run with Gary Johnson in the presidential election? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that guy. Uh, Acreage Holdings operates in more than 10 states. The company says it's trying to make cannabis available to any patient who can benefit from safe and reliable access. And again, if you want to know more about medical marijuana, whether that be as a consumer or supplier, or you want to get in the business in some other way, and or even if you've been against it and you want to find out more about it, uh, the World Medical Cannabis Conference and Expo is this weekend at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center downtown. Great news. You can get more information on what you can find there, the seminars and all that, at CompassionateCertificationCenters.com. John Banner definitely gets high. 
<laughs> no question. And he cries all the time. His face is beat red because he just got done from a laughing jag. Smokes weed and then falls asleep in his own tanning bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How long was I in there? Wearing an Oxford. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad he's come around, but I, I'm always skeptical because I always feel like you didn't a, evolve. You always knew this. You got paid. You got paid. This is yeah, the thing the to, f- for me. Yeah, with, with marijuana legalization, like I always think, okay, the only reason that everybody's dragging their feet on this is that they're trying to figure out how they can make money and how they can get in on the industry. So once you see big pharma and cigarette companies switching over to marijuana, they're going to figure out some way to profit from it, and then they're going to put carcinogens in the weed. Yes, and then, they are. You know, the weed will give us. Cancer. Then you have to go find the American spirit. Yeah. Uh, of the joint world. Uh, yeah, they will, and then they'll make it illegal to grow it on your own, and you can only buy it from the corporations. But let's hope not. Let's have hope that uh, maybe we're actually becoming enlightened in terms of uh, the benefits of medicinal marijuana. I drove by the dispensary in Squirrel Hill the other day, and I don't know why, but I got very excited. Oh, really? Like, like, There's that dispensary right hey! there. That's a place. Are you on the CBD oils yet? No. You got to do it. No, I haven't. I, I gave, really good I gave my it's dogs expensive. treats. It is very expensive. Definitely expensive. Yeah, I've used it for my dogs. Yeah. Which... I've, I've said before, I treat them way better and take better care of them than yeah. I do Tim and Most I. Most people do. How do you know if your dog's stoned? I mean, they always act stoned. I mean, they always want to eat. Right. They're, they permanently have the munchies. Yeah. <laughs> dogs will eat themselves to death. But they both have arthritis. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So it's you know supposed to be good for that. It is good for Did them. you see them like high-stepping after they, <laughs> they like, took some? They just like rolled over on their back. But there's no psychoactive <laughs> component in no. the CBD oils. Yeah, yeah. That's the future. I'm telling you, even because doctors I'm... now are even saying they're like, I'm not supposed to say this, but maybe you should try CBD oils because they're legit. Yeah, so. I just for people who are against it, I always want to ask the question: If somebody in your family had one of these diseases yeah. or afflictions, wouldn't you want them to have every option available, right, to help them? Absolutely. Yes. Well, a lot of people have been working very hard to, to uh, see us move closer towards this solution. So, uh, you know, I'm happy we're slowly getting there. Randy, a school district in your neck of the woods is handing out baseball bats to its teachers to fight attackers. They're the, like tiny bats. The, like souvenir yeah, bats? Like yeah, that night at the, well, uh, the I'm ballpark. Not sure what you're going to do with that or really any other bat. Uh, the Erie Times News says teachers in Mill Creek Township School District are not expected to confront gunmen with the bats, but they could be used as a last resort. I honestly thought that was a ploy by them to look ridiculous on purpose. I thought it was Maybe. an Onion article. I didn't think it was real. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a ploy because they wanted to look silly and say like we need more preventative measures because they Could I mean be. they're these tiny little souvenir bats. <laughs> they're really dumb. In a much more uplifting story, a seven-year-old from Texas recently became the youngest girl to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Montana, Kenny asked her mom to make the grueling climb, and it wasn't because she wanted to break the record. She thought that climbing it would put her that much closer to her late father. He passed away when she was just three years old. Her mother, oh, Holly, God. said, quote, she knows she has an angel looking after her, and he lives in heaven. She Aww. knew this mountain is above the clouds, so she associated that she was going to be closer to her dad in heaven, end quote. Holly says they originally planned the climb for later this year in October, but after they learned an eight-year-old girl held the record, they decided to do it before Montana's eighth birthday in May. So 
I guess they did did care also about the record. It took them six days of sleeping in tents and battling freezing temperatures before they finally reached the peak. Once they made it, Montana had a special moment with her dad. Holly said it was beautiful. She knew she wanted to blow kisses to him and wave, and hopefully uh, he would see her. It's getting a little dusty in here. Yeah. Today is National Grilled Cheese Day to lighten things up, Bill. Uh, or Toasted Cheese Day. I'm going to continue to say that. 87% of Americans dig a good grilled cheese. So good. Uh, the favorite... <laughs> Wait a second. The favorite cheeses to use are cheddar, American, Swiss, provolone, and pepper jack. And half of us like to use at least two different types of cheeses. I don't mind the two. I like putting a tomato in there. Yeah, and uh, pears I think people put in, or apples, or they get the fancy. I don't mess with that. Like a brie and apple thing? Yeah. Nah. You ever been to that new place, The Yard? They like Mm -mm. specialize in grilled cheeses. Yeah. Yeah, they have all these fancy ones. I was never a fancy grilled cheese guy, though. Yeah, you don't have to mess with it as far as I'm concerned. A regular old-fashioned grilled cheese. Pretty solid. Do you ever have those quickie like sandwich makers? Remember from the 80s? The any maker things? uh, Yeah, but it was... They they made them in like to like little triangles. High. Yeah, those were so good. But also burn your face off. <laughs> and just how much do we love grilled cheese? Eighty seven percent of people said they'd rather give up coffee, chocolate, or booze before cutting out uh cheese from their diet. Hmm. Cheese is, just makes everything better. Uh ninety percent really would does. eat cheese multiple times every day if it wasn't bad for them, and sixty six percent said if they lived in an area that banned cheese, they would move. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what kind of monsters would ban <laughs> cheese? What is this, like the cheese version of Footloose? You're gonna no cheese in our town. Try this cheese out of my cold, cholesterol-filled hand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the thick... Bread with a toasted cheese. No, no, no. It's uh-uh. too much. Can't be too much. Regular, not a good ratio. Regular sliced bread. Yes. Not not the thick stuff. Uh, they, White bread. Don't you feel yeah, like restaurants talk. get too fancy with the grilled cheese and think they're doing you a favor and they're like, it's grilled between two pieces of sourdough. And then you get Artisan. it and you can't even get your mouth around the yeah. thing. You're right. like, I, I get that you think this it's is on what Texas I want, like, toast. Okay, well, can you cut that in half? You know what I'd really like? About 14 grilled cheese bites is what I really like to rock. Yeah, and you can't use like a wheat bread or a I don't mind doing that. seven grain. I'm fine it with that. It changes the consistency. It it's definitely not, does. No. It's not soft and. Yeah. You can't fully enjoy it, is what you're saying. Right. I like to butter the hell out of the bread, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no mayo for you? Did we talk I'm about gonna, this yesterday? I'm going to try I'll, it. I'll try it. It's too weird. I, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a try. If you use mayo and call it toasted cheese, I'm just, you're Canadian. You have well, to move to Canada. Yeah. toasted buttered cheese. It's grilled. You don't toast it. It's not like you put it in the toaster oven. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. It, it's grilled. But it's toasty. <laughs> Let's get Val some grilled cheese. <laughs> uh, bon Jovi are headed into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame following their second nomination. That happens this Saturday at the Public Auditorium in Cleveland. Here's John Bon Jovi talking about... Uh, the induction. You got me on over there? No, I don't. Hold okay, on. here we okay, go. go. Here's John. I never wanted to be in anybody's club, but it's a pretty cool club to be in, you know? I mean, any place that Elvis and the Beatles and the Stones and all the ones that created this art form called rock and roll. And to think people that were our friends for these last three decades, they didn't waste their time, energy, and faith in us 
to not see it come to fruition because this is just as much for those who followed us as it is for us. People uh, consider Bon Jovi to be a hair band, but uh, they've been pretty successful. Over 100 million records sold worldwide. That's more than inductees like Rod Stewart, R.E.M., Van Halen, and Tom Petty. Uh, Slippery One Wet in New Jersey, among the biggest selling albums of all time. They've got a platinum album in three separate decades, and they are still a top touring act uh, playing arenas all over the world. Howard Stern will induct them, and they'll also be reunited with former members Richie Sambora and Alec John Such. And their longtime bassist, who is not an official member of the band, Hugh McDonald, he's going to be inducted as well this Saturday. Forecast today, rainy with uh, morning uh, rain this morning, decreasing clouds today, but going to be windy and warmer, 70 for the high. It's 53 at DVE. Oh, to be a Penguins fan this morning, Sidney Crosby gets the hat trick last night. The Penguins put up seven goals on the Flyers. Evgeny Malkin... Gets another one last night in spectacular fashion. It's only one game, but Fraud Giroux said it was one of the worst he's ever been a part of. Mike Pursuta in next with post-game reaction from the team. Murray was great when he needed to be. Broussard stepped up. A lot to be excited about if you're a Penguin fan. And a lot of misery over in Philadelphia. Sports when we return. Joe Bartnick will be joining us from Puck Off Podcast later this hour. Dan Potash, AT&T Sportsnet. Stan Savern later this morning. Plus, we'll uh, remember comedy legend Mitzi Shore, the matriarch of modern comedy, with comedy store veteran Jimmy Schubert, who will remember all of those classic uh, years at the comedy store where everyone from Robin Williams to Richard Pryor to David Letterman to Jay Leno to... Sam Kinison and Dice Clay, you name it, all the way through, you know, Jim Carrey and uh, beyond to the stars of today. Stand-up Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk with Jimmy Schubert about the life of Mitzi Shore later, but heavy emphasis on your Pittsburgh Penguins, who have a 1-0 lead on the Philadelphia Flyers. Sports next on DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pesuta here with your sports on the DVE Morning Show and the Pens roll over the Flyers last night at PBG Paints Arena, Game 1. 7 to nothing for starters in the Eastern Conference quarterfinals against Philadelphia Sports This Hour, brought to you by Golden Oak Lending. It didn't begin with the characteristics of an impending blowout. Neither the Penguins nor the Flyers were playing especially well in the early going last night. Uh, both teams uh, not managing the puck especially well. In the first half of the first period, the Penguins did have a one nothing lead, but uh, the Penguins were fortunate to retain that. Uh, a scramble in front of Matt Murray's net, and uh, the Flyers wind up creating a play uh, on which winger Scott Lawton couldn't finish initially, and goaltender Matt Murray eventually did. Back with it, the Flyers, Vatera in front, got a man there, and he couldn't take the pass cleanly. And missing was Lawton. Oh, he had a great chance to finish and tie this game. What a save by Matt Murray playing Superman, diving to his left, absolutely robbing Lawton, who had a wide open net. Yeah, it was a spectacular glove save, diving, but it was made because Lawton couldn't handle the pass, and he fanned on the puck. He had the whole net. And he shot, and it didn't go anywhere. And then he got it back, and I think he panicked a little bit, probably thought he was running out of time, so he didn't elevate it. He just kind of shoveled it toward the cage, which yep. was... By this point, wide open except for the bottom. 
part where Murray's uh, arm is extended and his glove is trying to get to the post. All he had to do was lift it. It, it stayed out, and uh, the Penguins uh, retained their one nothing lead. By and- the way, that could have really stifled the, the onslaught the Penguins were bringing there. I mean, it might have served to inspire the Flyers a little bit. Tied the game up, tight. right? I'm not saying it would have all of a sudden turned them into the winner last night, but, man, that you can't miss those opportunities in the postseason like that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, I'm not saying the Flyers would have won either. 3-1's a lot different than uh, 3-0 at that point. Well, though, that was one nothing at that Oh, that was one nothing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would have tied the game up. So, you know, I, I, I think it's a bigger difference than, okay, it would have been 7-1. I think you have a more competitive game at that point, and then you see what happens next. But what did happen next was that the Penguins got fired up and then some after Murray's save. Here's Derek Brassard. The first period when he made that unbelievable save, uh, I think it left us. And, uh, you know, when you need those those key saves, uh, especially in the playoffs, and felt like he was uh, seeing the puck really well tonight. Uh, he was in control. He was composed out there. It gives a lot of confidence to our group. And when he made that save... Uh, you know, the crowd get in, gets into it. Our bench got fired up. And, uh, you know, I think in the, in the next couple of shifts, it was three or four nothing after that. So it was a, a key moment. Yeah, definitely a turning point early. And uh, we'll see if it uh, winds up being a turning point in the series. But uh, the Penguins, to a man, uh, saluting Matt Murray for staying with that play and doing what he did. Here's Sidney Crosby. Murray made uh, a big save there. I think it's it's one nothing. So uh, you know, let's let's play hockey. I mean, you need those uh, those big plays, and um, you know, we got some guys, different guys that, that stepped up all night. Yeah, I like that. Let's play hockey. That was kind of that got everybody into it. The first goal was opportunistic. Crystal Tang just threw one at the net. Uh, Brian Rust got a fat rebound. It looked like he was just throwing it at the net, and uh, Gostas Bear wound up screening. Elliott, and it goes in, and the Penguins had the lead. But uh, the Murray uh, save on what was a second chance for Matt Murray in that instance really uh, got the Penguins going. Murray, uh, in his usual understated fashion, didn't quite see it that way. He just talked about the play as best as he could recall as one on which he did what he could given the circumstances. I can't really remember what happened, how they got the puck. I think there might have been a quick turnover or something, and... um pass to the slot, so I just tried to be aggressive on the guy in the slot, and uh, he made a good play and passed it off back door, and I think the puck jumped or um, he fanned on it or something, so I was able to get an extra little push over there. Let's take it from there and win 7 to nothing. They match the largest margin of victory uh, in a home playoff game in franchise history. They beat Ottawa 7 to nothing last season, and the Devils Seven to nothing in 1993. In, in the event you missed this, but you have a great memory, recall Peter Stasny of the Devils in 1991, Frank Petrangelo, the save. Yes. Just think of that as if Stasny initially missed the puck when he tried to shoot <laughs> it and then got it back and shot it again. It, the it's, whiff. It's still a great save, but it's not one Murray should have had an opportunity to make. Malkin's drive to the net in his backhand goal. A great individual effort, but one that should have been made a lot more difficult by the Flyers actually putting up a little resistance, Claude Giroux in particular, on a back check instead of just gliding along and watching Malkin blow by him and attack Gostas Bear, who is a smaller guy and not uh, a physical match for Malkin in that kind of play. Yeah, There was I mean, a lot of that going around for Philly last night. Just a real... Uh, 
tepid, uh, almost disinterested approach to game one. I can tell you when he scored that goal, it was the, the arena was shaking. Oh, the place went nuts. When he when he, you know he popped out of the box, it was oh oh that's just that anticipation and the play, the fact that he converted on that and it, it, rockets on his skates. Funny thing about that play, uh, Carl Hagland started it by blocking a shot, and he wound up getting an assist on the play. But Hagland blocked the shot, and then as Malkin came out of the box and collected the puck after it had hit Hagland, Hagland went to the bench. So Hagland got an assist, but not a plus. Oh, that's funny. Because he wasn't on the ice when the goal was scored. <laughs> but he got the assist. Hagelin, I thought, in the first period oh, was yeah. phenomenal. Now, you want to talk about it? was like Ichiro-esque. He did a little bit of everything. He blocked shots. He had an assist. He had a goal. He forechecked uh, takeaways. Shooting the puck when opportunities presented themselves. He, he just did a, killing penalties. They were two for two on the penalty kill, and Hagelin was a big part of that. That guy was every... They got some opportunities player. on that penalty kill, too. Yeah, that was... Uh, but Haglund's not supposed to be one of the guys leading the charge. You know what I mean? He's a, he's supposed to be a complimentary player on this team. And when he's one of your best guys, the Flyers are in trouble. Fourth line did a good job tying them up uh, when they had to last night, too. I mean, they got it seemed to get a complete game last night, Mike. Although, it was again hard to judge because the Flyers were just that bad. Well, you know... Uh, you don't certainly discredit the Penguins for playing the right way, as right. Mike Sullivan would say. If they're going to do that, they're going to be hard to beat. If the Flyers are going to offer little or no resistance while the Penguins are playing the right way, <laughs> it's going to end Could have up. been 11 or 12 goals last night. And then night. You, get, mean, you get a little puck luck. Was it a double deflection on the one Crosby yes. scored? Uh, the, the, you can't really say batting it out of the air is lucky anymore, can you? Not no. for him. It's part of his game. Yeah. But with... Throw in playing the right way, and they're not real interested. Then the Penguins are periodically spectacular, and they get some bounces. That's how it ends up seven months. Is that the third he's batted out of the air, or fourth in the last two I, months? You know, I can't. I've lost track. Month. I, I was listening to Borky on the post game going home, and he said the same thing. It's they, they've run together. Uh, there was the Montreal. The ridiculous one was the Montreal one, right, where he actually tipped it to himself. Yeah, yeah. To, to move around the goaltender. But that last night, I mean, that was that was he a redirected it, no look, and it, di- it didn't just float in. I mean, he he put it high, far side. Oh yeah, he looked like what on that shoulder, it. right? It was insane. Yeah. I love that golf thing too that you referenced. The, the Pennsylvania the minus four, yeah. but yeah, the leaderboard, <laughs> the leaderboard. Your early <laughs> leaders for the green jacket, <laughs> and that's how in, in hockey uh, players. If you have a bunch of goals and not very many assists, they say you're going for the Cy Young. Like if you're 17 and four, right? Yeah, because oh, I like that. Yeah, and if if you stink at plus minus, they say you're going for the Green Jacket. You're, well, you're, you're trying to win the Masters. If Giroux you're was what minus uh, three three co-leaders: uh, Sean Couturier, uh, Claude Giroux, and Shane Gothisbear, all at minus four after the first round. I mean, that's three of their best players. Yeah, that's their stars. That's if those guys stink, then then they got issues, and they had them last night. Clearly, uh, the other games, a uh, couple of them. You know what? Before we do the other games, let me take a break. We're okay. going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about what an unbelievable scene that was last night. What a great start it was for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and how sore Flyers fans are right now. Do you know how many times I read online last night? I wish we wouldn't have even made the postseason if it was going to be like this. 
It's only one game. You wonder why they went to all the trouble at the end of the year if that's what they were going to come up with. It's oh, all- they're counting all those loser points. It's only one game. But boy, I'm glad we were on the side of that one that we were. Because if that's indicative of what's to come, it's going to be a long week for Philadelphia Flyers fans. In a short series. Joe Bartnick from <laughs> hey, the Eagles podcast won. coming in. Also, Dan. You hear the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. We're, yeah, they did. We're putting an end to that crap right now. No yeah. more Philadelphia. Save the Crisco. That's no right. need to. Jason yeah. Kelsey's not playing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Save the Crisco. I like that. This will be a Crisco-free postseason in Philadelphia. <laughs> it's the DVE morning show and uh, reveling in last night's Penguin beatdown of the Flyers. We were just watching the opening. Of the uh, the the Vegas Golden Knights and the Kings game last night, and if you haven't seen it, I mean they basically put on a Vegas type show. It's like a Sea World show. Yeah, it's like cause <laughs> it's not- cosplay ice capades. They're LARPing on ice, and they have they need uh, to rethink that. Now, so there's a guy comes out and he's dressed up as a knight and he's got a sword and he's he's skating around, and then they have a guy. Also in medieval apparel, for for whatever reason, all right, he's the king. No, he's the king. He's the king. They had kings in medieval times. That's fine. But the king, all right, as you pointed out, he comes out. All he's got is a flag. That's it. Flag against the sword. And the other guy's got a sword. <laughs> Bad matchup. And the Terrible guy, matchup. So the king skates to center ice, and it has that music, you know, the, uh, the king, no king kind of stuff, you know, going on a little... Uh, uh, Ga- Game of Thronesy kind of thing uh, happening there. All right, and so this guy tries to hit the the knight with his flag. The knight's got a sword, so he just knocks him down. Basically, spoiler alert, man. Uh, well, you know, I, I DVR'd this. Yeah. The knight, I, the knight's gonna win every time. But it's like a they 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 turn the circle into a <laughs> ring of fire. So like, there's a graphic. On the ice, so it looks like it's all on fire, like they're around and being encased in fire. And the hockey game hadn't begun yet. You know, this is this their is, opening. This is just you know getting people fired up for it. Very Vegas, and I'm guessing hockey purists hate it. And mm-hmm. they're all in towns where their team didn't make the postseason. <laughs> By the way, my favorite stat in the NHL playoffs: uh, the opening. seven nothing Penguins. There are three teams from California in the postseason. Yeah. And there's two from Canada. <laughs> well, they got oh, one big awesome. W last night. Winnipeg went in their first game in, in the postseason. Winnipeg <laughs> got uh, a 3-2 win over Minnesota last night. And your Golden Knights and Marc-Andre Fleury shut out the Kings. The Kings apparently tried to shoot with flags all night. <laughs> yeah, that's why they, they had the King out there, right? <laughs> they, they could not score. Against the Kings. Should have tried a hockey stick. That was Marc-Andre Fleury's 11th career <laughs> postseason shutout. Yeah. He passed Ken Dryden and Henrik Lundqvist for sole possession wow. of 11th place all time in playoff shutouts. And here's a little number, a couple of numbers to chew on. It's only one game. Heard that in the locker room 55 times last night. Good. The, the informed fans, of course, were reminding each other it's only one game. But uh, teams that take a 1-0 lead in a best-of-seven series all time uh, win the series 68.6% of the time. Teams that take a one nothing lead in a home game win the series 75.5% of the time. It's history, not prophecy. Uh, Bill, I'll, it's your you Doc know, Emmerich moment. You pointed this out earlier, you know, the idea that fans 
caution themselves against getting yeah. too cocky. Let's all settle down here. Hey, man, I don't want to break anyone's balls. I don't want to ruin anybody's party, but uh, we don't play for the team. So <laughs> we can actually get as excited yeah. as we want. Don't uh, care. What do you guys know? You left early. Yeah. True. Uh, us in, in half the arena. It was over. Self-proclaimed bad fan. It was over before 10 o'clock last night. I mean, that was nice, too. Oh, you mean the actual one? The was actual over. game. It was over by 8.15. Boy, it certainly seemed like it. I mean, they went out and absolutely destroyed right away the rusty goal, haggling, battles for one. But that Geno goal, right when I was pissed at him, too. Like, dude, are you? come on. How about the goal? Two penalties G- in the first period. Like, what are you doing? But then, you you know, also, this comes with Gino. Comes over to Giroux. Penalty's over. Comes to Gostasparo. Slapper block. Malkin gets to the puck. He's back on. Malkin, one on three. Goes through everybody. Coming one. One man to beat. Two scores! What a play by Evgeny Malkin! You would have to be here to believe it! 71. Evgeny Malkin makes it 3 nothing. Pittsburgh. On and an unbelievable rush to the net area. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know, you listen to the the tone in the Hockey Hall of Famer's voice there, Mike Lang, and you can tell even he is taken aback by what Gino's been able to do lately. Just unbelievable. But look, the stars have been shining for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hopefully, that continues. Our buddy Joe Bartnick's going to make his way in studio from Puck Off Podcast. Also, Dan Patash will be giving us a shout uh, this hour. Pal's got news next. We're going to talk about the things that you miss from childhood. Also, your chance at a thousand bucks in workforce cash all day long, each and every hour. Another chance coming up after eight. Berg. Bill was very upset when I told him after the game that you couldn't go get your hat. What are you going to do? You can't like, there's not like a hat check. You don't have a receipt for the hat you threw. I could say that's my hat, and some guy goes, "No, that's my hat." You need to be, you know, sitting in, sitting there fighting, fighting over a hat. <laughs> yeah. Can't have hat fights. No, you just Plus, get you rid of the hat. Hats. No, you, you, no, no you, you don't. don't that chance. Although one time at Penn State, uh, I lost my hat, and then I found it on a cab driver's head a week later. <laughs> and I was like, hey, did you ask for it back? No, I told him he could keep it at that point. Oh, okay. I was like, hey, man, did somebody leave that hat in your cab? And he goes, no. Yeah. Like, he wanted to lie about it and didn't, and I was like, yeah, it's my hat. Go ahead, you can keep it. And then he had to feel We're weird We're just going to barter this ride. Is that cool? <laughs> this ride's for that hat. This ride is for that hat. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Charged ahead into the Penguins end by Philadelphia, but the Penguins play it up quickly, and Crosby to Jake Gensel. Gensel to the tank, down the right side, comes in and shoots it, and a save made by Elliott. Rebound, in the minute goes! The Penguins have scored here to take the lead. Brian Rust sweeps it by Elliott from 30 feet, and the Pens take a 1-0 lead. Paul Arnold slick from Turtle Crick. Brian Russ. Brian Russ gets the scoring started for the Penguins last night. Six Rusty. more would would uh, be put up. Sid with the natural Hattie last night. This Joe Bartnick from uh, Puck Off Podcast uh, joining us right now. You, hey, did, Joe, are you wearing the shirt they gave away at the arena last night? I am. Yeah, that's. A- <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for two weeks. It's the cleanest shirt I have. <laughs> I mean, how sweet is it to wake up this morning after a beatdown of the Flyers? 
it's it's just so fantastic, and I I love my boy Rusty. He's one of my favorites. Just took took the pressure off instantly. Like one ref, one nothing. Then Mister Murray, are you kidding me with that save? Big save. Oh, that was awesome. It's just so much, and you know Gino, with the with the Claude Lemieux coming out of the box in just the reign of terror. Oh. <laughs> And uh, the other Claude Giroux had a chance to do something about it, and looked like he didn't even want to—he uh, didn't want to have anything to do with it. I love your nickname for him now, Fraud Yeah, Fraud Giroux. Well, I was, uh, you know, r- razzing some guys in in the on the way to the men's room, and I'm like, Claude Giroux's claim to fame is he was a healthy scratch when Sid won the gold medal. <laughs> it's his biggest honor. Can, can you believe that guy? Oh, we're going to we're we're going to stop their little streak. You've never done anything. anything. Whoa, 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 whoa. That was a little loud. Didn't want that. I just wanted to play this Giroux. Did you hear the Giroux uh, quote after the game? Oh, yeah. Oh, they made a lot of plays. Um, they had a chance to score. They did. And when we did, we didn't. So uh, it was uh, one of the worst games uh, I've been a part of. And uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, but I think. You know, I mean, when you win seven nothing, there's no, there's no villains uh, uh, for the or the Penguins or every, everybody played fantastic, just up and down the line. I I, I know that, you know, Jake was uh, had was a plus four, whatever he had four points, but Jake's back checking was incredible, incredible all night, and mm-hmm. Oli Mata I thought played an incredible game. I did too. Uh, How about g- the goal Gino didn't score? It oh, was like the post. <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters just deking through their whole team. But that's when it's fun because when he's just toying with them at that point, which he was totally doing. He was just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to have around with them a little bit here. Bam! Almost got it. If that goes in, I mean, the roof comes off the place. Well, he was hitting people. He I mean, he played a marvelous game. It was him and Sid are already vying for the Conn Smythe. It's only one game. <laughs> right. I thought the other important thing of that game was, you know, when it was, uh, I was like, when it was five nothing, I'm like, you know, I'll I'll take six two because I, I I love seeing Murray get the donut or the Bruegel's bagels, as I say. But I <laughs> I wanted to get a couple on Mrazic. Don't let Mrazic think he can stop us. So we ding Mrazic. Sid just dings Mrazic up a little bit. Just you know, like <laughs> no, you guys great. can't stop us. Uh, it's it fabulous. Was there a was there a series against Ottawa? Was it last year or the year before where there was a seven nothing game? I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I'm fried. And I also can't yeah. remember which side of the game we were on. <laughs> Whether we lost or won. Yeah, I don't remember that. No, I, I think we won 7 nothing. Did we? Yeah, because it was, it was a weird series. Like, we would kill them, and then they would win. Yeah. Then they'd buy into Guy Boucher's boredom and win, win like, like a one nothing <laughs> game. How about Sid, once again, at picking another one out of midair <laughs> and first... redirecting it? Like, no look. You know, it's kind of like, over his shoulder. Perfectly one. placed. First one was just ridiculous, and it, w- it is number four in the last it three weeks. Yeah, four goals he's picked out of midair. Or he has to be practicing. That. Good lord! By the way, what happened oh, that one yeah. time with the puck shatter last night? <laughs> oh yeah, what the hell I was think that? I did. I've never I've, seen that I thought, happen. I thought there was another something was thrown on the ice. Like there's I didn't multiple think it was, pucks. What's it looked happening? like there was two pucks at one point. Do you remember that? Yeah, because they Joe. Gave what happened it to there? The... Letang took a shot off the heel of a skate, and it was like the the heel protector. Okay. That's what it was. Oh. All right. Oh, I thought Elliot was complaining. Hey, I can't stop this one. Can we get another one? <laughs> Can you give me a bigger one? Like, I think the pens are playing with a corked puck. <laughs> Somebody check that.
<laughs> it was a, an absolute beatdown. He looked shaky from the from the start last night. And God, I thought they'd be a little more prepared, Joe. I really I, I think they were prepared. You know, I think, you know, the five or six times this year, I mean, everyone everyone's nervous. Everyone I I'm still nervous. But I think when everyone's like, what's gonna happen? I always thought the five or six times this year when they had to win or they were kind of embarrassed or they the backs against the wall, they came out like the uh Sully's Sully's Penguins. And last night they literally turned the switch on. Okay, we're Sullivan's Penguins again. Just Rusty play. coming down and Haglin blocking shots. <laughs> oh, ha- you know Haglin, Rusty got it all going. Those are the guys. That's the engine. That's the difference between oh the Mike Johnson. Oh, we're gonna come around and skate around in the ice pades, or Sully. Boom, we're coming down the ice and we're forechecking everybody and back checking, and they were everywhere. I, I couldn't be more impressed with Jake the Snake. I thought his game was amazing last yeah. night. Relentless last night. The Penguins with a 7 0 uh, win. I'm going to revel in it. I'm not going to do that. It's only one game. I know it's only one eh, game. I know, I know it, it could be Let's different tomorrow night, and it probably will be. That doesn't mean they're going to lose. But, you know, I know not every game is going to be 7 nothing. But here's hoping it, it might be. You know? Yeah. I'll, I'll settle for a 5 nothing. You want a straight shutout. I mean, we, of we, the we don't score less than five on this team. <laughs> Isn't that what you were calling Just, earlier? Yeah. You want Murray to shut out the Flyers. I, I don't want them to score a goal. <laughs> I don't want them to even have one moment of happiness. Murray, three straight shutouts. What is it now? Uh, 200 minutes he has? 202 minutes straight or something like that? Mm-hmm. Without sure. a goal in the postseason? And if you add game one from t- this yesterday and then game five from last year, our last two playoffs, which I've lucky enough to have been at. It's uh, 6 plus 7. 13. 13 nothing. Last two. Let's keep it going, Penguins! Beautiful. Alright, Fowl's got a quick news update for us. What's going on? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. 21 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by BobbyRayHall.com. Mark Zuckerberg says his personal data was breached by Cambridge Analytica. The Facebook CEO was grilled on Capitol Hill for a second straight day on Wednesday. California Democrat Anna Eshoo asked Zuckerberg a series of questions, including whether his personal data was among that of millions of users obtained by Cambridge Analytica. He simply said yes. He also said he has a moral obligation to run a platform that protects democracy. And he also admitted the company made it a mistake when it blocked Catholic content. During questioning yesterday, he apologized for blocking a Catholic theology degree advertisement by a Franciscan university in Steubenville. The ad featuring a crucifix was rejected by Facebook over Easter for being excessively violent and sensational. Father Vinny's. Church of the Divine <laughs> Rat. An explosive report details allegations against Missouri's governor in lurid detail. The report comes from a special state committee and deals with testimony from Governor Eric Greeton's mistress. In it, she claims she thought he was a handsome guy, but that he groped her when she gave him a haircut in March of 2015. She said she then went to his home a week later where he talked about working out. So she said that he gave her a T-shirt and some men's pajama pants for her to wear and what she expected would be, quote, some sort of sexy workout, end quote. According to the report, she says he took her to the basement, taped her hands to pull-up rings, blindfolded her, pulled her pants down to her ankles. She said she then, huh? sh- she then heard a phone camera and uh, saw a flash and that he threatened to distribute the picture if she mentioned his name. He is facing a felony charge of invasion of privacy. Grayton's stress that the report is full of lies and amounts to a political witch hunt. 
He did admit to an affair and called it a personal mistake that had no bearing on his political life. You know, courting has really changed. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Pilates? (laughs) I I think so, yes. That's Pilates. Well, there is a new record holder for the world's oldest man at 112 years, 259 days. Masazo Nanaka of Japan earned the title on Tuesday, so that means the other guy died. Uh, He credits his long life to eating sweets and visiting the hot springs. Guinness World Records Editor-in-Chief Craig Glenday noted Nanaka's accomplishment, saying he can teach everybody the value of life. Previous record holder died in January at the age of 113. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's always lost in that celebration of the new world's oldest man. Right. That means the other one kicked off. Yeah, the other guy died. <laughs> to be the man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> and they always, like, everybody asks, well, what's the secret? And there's only one, and it's, like, genetics and luck. I didn't get hit by a bus. Oh. But not dying. People are always like, you know, oh, she drinks a glass of whiskey every day, and she's 109. Yeah, that works for her. It doesn't work for everybody. You got to you got to be really lucky, or uh, as Val and I like to think, unlucky to live to be 112. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I want to stay alive forever. Oh, You're a, what's the matter with keep you? Keep me alive. Yeah, well, my I don't kid. care if I'm in an incubator. Uh, if all I can do is hear, just wheel me into the room. I want to hear what's going on. My dad was having a, his hip surgery, and my brother and I were in the. Uh, room with him as they were like giving him like instructions and everything and they're like no, do you have a, a living will and he's like huh what's that i don't even huh we're like <laughs> dad do you did you uh, we thought he had something you know mm-hmm. and they're like do you have a dnr and he's like i think he thought it was a vcr he's like i got one of those right and we're like no that's yeah, your type for destruction <laughs> right one of my favorite no 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 not gnr and, and we're like you know that's like uh if you, you know you you get to the point where you know it's a pull of the plug situation. Do you want to be plugged in? And he goes, uh huh, yeah, oh uh, yes. And I go, <laughs> okay. So you realize that means like it could be a scenario where there's no chance of you coming back, and we have to come here every day and uh, you know hang out with you while you're plugged into a wall for eternity. And he goes. Sign me up. Aww. Sounds good. Sign me up. Sounds good. Like, like it was the payback sims- time, suckers. <laughs> Sign me up. Sounds good. Sounds bad for you. Sounds good for me. Because he, you know, as far as he's concerned, he's like, what do I care? Maybe it'll be a Disney thing. He we keeps going. He's like, I got TRICARE. Because he, that? that's the health insurance if you were in the military, you know, oh. and he's like, I, I got veterans insurance. Yeah. Plug me in. Uncle Sam will pay for it. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant like that's where I uh, I try to care about what you guys are going to have to deal with, <laughs> that and, is and I can't. Uh, this is happening again. Police are on the hunt for a clown scaring kids in Beverly Hills, of all places. Reports came in last night about a man wearing a clown mask and waving a machete at people. Remember when this was happening with like yeah. clowns yeah, scaring? Uh, police have been patrolling the neighborhood on Carla Ridge since late last night, but so far, no luck in finding the weirdo. Do you miss anything about childhood? Not ma- not clowns waving machetes right. around, but um, <laughs> anything else? Sure. Well, 67% of adults say they really miss their childhood, and the average person says the best age was nine. I don't remember 39. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this yesterday, and I don't know why. I think it was there was some movie that was made in 1985, and I was thinking about, oh yeah, I remember like really digging that movie and feeling like I'm starting to become an adult. But but it was 1984 when Van Halen. I had a Walkman, and Van Halen released the album 1984, and mm-hmm. I was like, 
Oh, dude. This, what a time to be alive. I'm a man now. I, I'm, yeah, I'm a grown-up kind of. <laughs> I got my new Van Halen album. I am super psyched. And then the I just Soundtrack started, for the world. Right, and then I just realized, I'm like, I can listen to everything now. Because <laughs> it just seemed like the whole world was opening up and cassette tapes and like the high-speed dubbing had come in and become very easy. So people were ripping off tapes to one another. It's you know? a whole new world. I mean, how many TDK tapes did you have in a case, Joe? Like, how many cases did you have? Oh, just cases upon, upon cases. cases. Yes. Yeah, the Sertrons. Yeah. You buy at Murphy's Mart. Yeah, I'd have You had those dollars. towers that spun. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, but I had the tower next to my sound design stereo. The tower was the, uh, those were my, like, favorites on deck at any time. And then I had the go-tos. The library. The, yeah, that oh, were in the yeah. zip case. Of course. That I have to un- unzip and then... You know, I wasn't big on like the calligraphy. My sister was good at doing that stuff, and occasionally I'd ask her to like, you know, hey, make this Rush TDK tape look cool, please. <laughs> oh my God, there was so much white out on mine. I just yeah. like try to, you know, when you when you make a mix and it's like, ah, this mix sucks, and I then always, you have to do it over. I envied people who were like good artists when it came to stuff like that. So, what are the ten things people miss the most about childhood? School vacations, summers, playing outside with Summer. friends until it got dark. Yeah. Not having to work. So awesome. Uh, spending quality time with your parents, family trips, playgrounds, having somebody else cook your meals. Yes. Eating candy and weekends with no errands or chores. I These people to- should just do stand up comedy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can keep that party going forever. <laughs> right. Now, I used to let, like, nine years old was a, a, a real awesome time in my childhood because I was playing Little League. And I was in the 14th ward, so it was there was there was this concession stand where if you won, you got a dollar fifty at the concession stand. I'd get wow. a can of Cherokee Red and two slices of pizza, or a can of Cherokee Red, a slice of pizza, and a Snicker bar, or something like that. And it was fifty cents each for. And this pizza was like the best pizza ever. It was square pizza, and basically it was made in a shed, but it tasted better <laughs> than anything I'd ever had before. Shed pizza. And it was just awesome. Dan Potash is on the line right now. Danny, are you there? Oh, it's a beautiful morning in the Berg, isn't it? It is a beautiful morning. Dan, what do you miss most about being a kid? Oh, shed pizza. Yeah, shed pizza, of course. <laughs> Who doesn't? Everybody misses shed pizza. Dan, is it over? Is it already over? After one game, are the Flyers done? No, dude, no way. I know. Um, no way, but uh, if... Anyone is still concerned about the Penguins being able to flip the switch in the postseason? Raise your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't see any hands. Isn't that funny? How you know? You kind of wonder, like, all right, are they going to be able to flip the switch? They clearly did from the puck drop last night, and the Flyers didn't look like they had any idea how to do that. Well, you know, I'm sure that the Penguins had a game plan, uh, like they do for any game. But obviously, for Game One of the playoffs and getting ready to to make a march towards what they hope is 16 victories in a third consecutive Stanley Cup championship. But, um, you know, some of the things that stood out for me, and I know that the guys talked about it uh, over the last two days of practice, was you know, the importance of getting clean breakouts. They certainly got that consistently last night, led to the first goal. They talked about having a solid four-check. They got that led to Haglund's goal. Um, <laughs> Matt Murray, 23 playoff wins. You talked about the third straight shot, but 23 playoff wins is just ridiculous. And I, I think the last time you guys had me on, uh, we talked about how Gino and Haglin and Hornquist had, had really found another level 
since early January. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they're not playing with that same unbelievable, at least Geno's not at that same height, but still doing a lot as, as those three guys as a whole. But if the Penguins could get that top line going with Sidney Crosby and anyone, um, it, w- it would be a scary thought, much like we saw that last year with Sid and the kids. Well, last night, that top line, eight points. Okay, that, that's a scary thought if that continues to happen. Yeah, they, I mean, they were relentless. And Sid continues to be a Flyers killer, which is really gratifying as a Penguins fan. <laughs> just knowing how much that town hates Sid and every time he plays them, and particularly this year, he's just murdered them. Natural hat trick. Um, and, and let alone, let, let's, uh, hey, baseball type goals. <laughs> I, I, I know that he's had three in the last, what, in, in April and March. Uh, I, I think the fourth was way back in October. How do you forget this? But I guess it was so long ago in October against James Reiner and the Florida Panthers at home. That was the first whack out of the ballpark. But man, it's so much fun to watch him take his game to another level. Yes, against the Flyers, it's even sweeter. But man, what he's doing right now and the fact that he's played in all 82 games for the first time in his career, really excited to think what level he could, he could find next. Danny, you have some unique, you have some unique windows into these guys, uh, given what you do on game day slash game night. Uh, what did you sense yesterday relative to what you usually sense? Uh, to be honest with you, Mike, I think it was just business as usual. I mean, here's a team that you know you talk about having uh, the experience that no other team can have in the postseason, and obviously the Penguins have had more experience than any other team the last few years winning back-to-back championships. But they still have that talent as well. And if there's one thing you definitely want to have in the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's experience and talent. And um, there's just something about what they've been able to do the last few years that gives them an edge uh, over a lot of teams. Now, uh, look, I understand that we're all riding high after a 7 nothing win, and rightfully so. Uh, the Flyers have some offensive weapons. I'm sure that they're going to find an extra gear um, to even things up on Friday night in game number two. But... Man, just the fact that they know what it takes, that they've been down this road before, I think is a huge advantage, um, huge advantage for the Penguins that I know, what, 15 other teams would love to have. Dan Potash, hanging with us right now, talking Pens, Flyers. So now what? Now what for the Flyers? How do you, how do you come back from that? Well, well, you know, as much as the Penguins... And they'll say this this afternoon when practice uh, takes uh, takes place in Cranberry at, at noon. Uh, they've turned the page, right? It's over. It's done with. It was it was it was a great party. It's time to clean up uh, back back to life. Um, but the Flyers can't do that as easily. Obviously, they've got to hold on to that. Much like the Penguins probably did when they had some tough losses this season, because it, it drives that engine uh, to to get back on the um, get back in the saddle and even things up. So they're going to hold on to that that anger that they felt or that embarrassment, whatever you want to call it, frustration from last night, they need to hold on to it. And they, they I would think the opening few minutes of the game, if we don't see the best the Flyers have, um, I don't know when we will. It's how the Penguins answer that rush from the Flyers. Um, that That's just, that's I, for me, that's the key. The first first 10 minutes of, of period number one on Friday night. What time is the puck drop Friday? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock once again. And you can uh, watch Dan Potash. Uh, on AT&T Sportsnet, broadcasting Penn's Flyers Game 2. And what a, what a start for the Penguins, man. I'm super psyched about it. Danny, thanks, thanks so yeah, much for yeah, making I, time today. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, man. We'll see you. Then Potash, talking Penn's.
Flyers. I I still cannot believe they went out and laid that egg. Do you think the Flyers think if they lose big enough, they get extra loser points? <laughs> You've been pointing this out the whole time, Joe. These guys, they're the king of the loser points. The fraud. Good point for showing up. Participation trophies. Fraud Giroux. Mike Pursuta, when we come back, Mike, coach has been telling the boys, hey, you're the two-time Stanley Cup champion, back-to-back. Don't be afraid to act like it. But telling them to defend, too. And the goals were spectacular, but donut on the other side. Which did you think was uh, the more spectacular of the Sid or Gino goals? Oh, the thing? batting it in. It's one just is, insane, isn't it? Yeah, that's... I mean, Malkin's a big, strong guy. He get he gets moving. He's made that play. That's kind of a mortal play. Yeah. Uh, I I don't see anybody else. To, Joe, you watch more of this than I do. You see anybody consistently batting the puck out of the air into the net? Consistently, with, no way. With purpose, like it goes almost. It looks yeah. like it goes where he wants it to go. You know, um, the uh, Joe Pavelski for a while was good at just deflecting pucks for San Jose, but not swinging and hitting them. You know. Elliot almost knocked a couple out of the air into his own net last night. Hey, we're oh, going yeah. to delay the sports, yeah. though, because we're going to do a special segment when we come back with comedy legend, our friend Jimmy Schubert. Oh, nice. He's calling us from the West Coast, and uh, we're going to remember a woman who's, you know, behind the scenes, but in the industry, she's really, you know, a matriarch of modern comedy, Mitzi Shore's passing yesterday. Comedy store legend Jimmy Schubert joins us from the West Coast when we come back. DV. It's Randy Bauman and the DV Morning Show. Val Porter along with Bill Crawford. Our friend Joe Bartnick is in studio with us, too. And joining us on the telephone is uh, comedy store legend, our friend Jimmy Schubert. Jimmy, how are you? Hey, guys. Good morning. How are you? Hey, doing all right. Hey, man, thanks for for making time for us uh, bright and early, your time. And uh, condolences on the passing of Mitzi Shore, a comedy legend. And, you know, I couldn't think of anybody better to talk about how important she was to to modern comedy than you you were a part of the the family at the comedy store and continue to be for what now 30 years yeah absolutely yeah it was uh you know when i was there back in the in, in the 80s when i mean you could literally i mean that's that space that she created the comedy store which is really a, a kind of a special place but i mean every great comedy voice to come out of from out in the last 20 30 years came out of there i mean you know, I'm Harry Mandel and Dice and Sam Kinison and you know, and our, you know, our city hall and Gary Shandling and you know, Louis Anderson. I mean, all these great comedians had this space to perform. And I got out there in about you know, like '86, '87. I got a job as a doorman, and you got to watch some of the best guys in the country and, mm-hmm. and trade punchlines with them. And you know, and, and, and Mitzi created this space where you know you could fail and get better and give yourself permission to get better and, and, and encourage you. And, and uh, you know, I mean, you know, she created, you know, Letterman was there as a doorman. You know, right. uh, Kinison was a doorman. I mean, everybody, you know, would come up through her system. I mean, you know, she had the system. You'd watch the guys do it, and you'd get better, and then you would start to slowly get spots in the belly room and the original room and the main room. You know, it used to be the old Ciro's. The main room used to be old Ciro's right. where... Frank Sinatra punched a photographer. Right. Yeah. But there's no. a lot of yeah. There's a lot of famous pictures. That picture where uh, Marilyn Monroe is staring at Jane Mansfield's chest was a picture that was taken in in that in that building. Oh, that was Ciro's also. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Desiree Naz and Lucia Ball used to play there. I mean, it was a, you know, that place has a lot of soul cooties on it, you know. Yeah. People said it's actually haunted, but, I mean, you know, I, I mean, even to this day, I mean, the comic store has had a resurgence and every room is sold out tonight. So it's just, you know, it may be, you know, that and the comedy store in New York may be two of the most important comedy clubs in America right, right. now. I mean, she was literally, that, that was literally first full-time comedy club in America in 1972. You know, there was the improv and the comedy store. That was it. And she's the one that came up with the two-drink minimum. I mean, she kind of did develop what we know to be the modern comedy club uh, aesthetic anyways. But, you know, uh, outside of the brick wall, which actually came from the Hungry Eye, I think, in San Francisco, the whole you know brick wall in the background. But uh, the, the passing of Mitzi, it reminded me of watching the Gary Shanley documentary this past week. Jimmy, yeah. and he was bitching because Mitzi wouldn't pass him because she's like, nah, you're a writer. Now you're not yeah. a performer yet. And she wouldn't give it up to him. So how like how big of a day is it in a comedian's life uh, or was it to get passed by Mitzi Shore? Oh, it, it was the day. I mean, you know, I mean, for, for me, I mean, you know, I was a I was a kid when I came out there and she didn't pass me the first time. I had to try a second time and eventually got passed. And then, you know, you're a paid regular. You get your name put on the wall. I mean, it's it was... You know, there's there's very few things in the community's life that, that, that you know, the pale in comparison to becoming a paid regular at the comic store, at least for me anyway. I mean, I was a kid. I literally, you know, put all my possessions in a in a 69 Buick Saver and drove across country. Yeah. And literally two weeks from getting out of here, I, I, I started my job and moved into my place. And, and, I, and I showcased for Mitzi the same night. And it wasn't until maybe about a year later that, uh, you know, it was the night that... Um, there was that Tony Clifton was supposedly playing at the comedy store in the main room. It was about a year after Andy Kaufman's death. And so everybody thought Andy Kaufman had played this big joke on everybody. So all the press was there. And Tony Clifton, that character, was a lunatic. He threw a drink on somebody, flicked a lit cigarette on somebody. I mean, the show started and was over in like 10, 20 minutes. Right. For this big to do, which was a big, it was like a, like a big joke. And, and so I was like, oh, okay. But then I started working as a doorman and then got passed as a paid regular. And, and, you know, you forge great friendships with people that you work there over the years with and friends you've had for life. And, and it's a, you know, it's a great, it's a, you know, I mean, I got to watch everybody. And it was, I really refer to it as my college. But yeah, for so many people, that was it. They, they talk about it like it, it was their college. And that comes complete with a frat house. Did you uh, live up in the, in the Crest Hill house? Yeah, I did. I did live there. I did live there for... Uh, a little while, you know, I mean, and, and that was the house, like, you know, later on was like, you know, like, I mean, that was the house, you know, Sam Kennison would go up there and then Ted Nugent and, and um, Billy Idol. And it was just a... It was, and Dice you know, lived place. there for a long time, right? Yeah, Dice was in that house as well. So, I mean, not only did she had it, not only was it complete with the college, but it also, it also had the, uh, you know, fraternity house. But you're right. But I mean, you know, and you would, and, and that's where they worked on each other. That's where I think Sam came up with the screen. And Dice came, you know, so it was always, uh, you know, that was, the, that was the, you know. So Sam right, came up with the a- scream up there. So, like, they would use, use that house as, like, they would literally go up and hone their acts with one another. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. And, and you know, it's, and, and, and really, like, anybody, you know, funny that, you know, has come out of there. Everybody worked there, and everybody has their own experience there. And, and you know, she created so many people's dreams have been fulfilled uh, through that place, you know. Yeah, I got to imagine that for as many people as she helped, there were a lot of people who felt like she held the key to their destiny 
and she wasn't, you know, she, she, she could easily just uh, flip a switch and all of a sudden they'd become famous. But uh, she had a method to her madness. Well, yeah, there was, certainly was, and, you know, and she just, you know, she just didn't encourage mediocre talent. She thought that was a, like a, a sin, you know, to encourage mediocre talent. You had to be good. She was really tough on people. She was tough on Gary, Gary Shandling. She was tough on a lot of guys. And, you know, but it only made you better. You know, it only got you better. It only made you work harder. You know, Jimmy Schubert. What is your uh, fondest memory of uh, hanging out at the comedy store? Well, there was one night on a, on a Monday night, which was crazy. Uh, but Sam Kinison used to go on, and he would go on later because, uh, you know, he would go on last. And uh, uh, one night he was in there messing around, and I was on my motorcycle. And I, I don't know, I was feeling next to like, uh, crazy and stuff. And so I, I just kind of wheeled my motorcycle backstage, and Sam was going on, and they wanted to get him off stage. So I started my motorcycle, and I drive out on the stage, and I say, <laughs> last call. By the way, your ride's here. <laughs> I Kinison... I didn't know at the time, was scared to death of motorcycles. And he goes, let's do it, let's do it. Ah. And so we jumped to the back of my motorcycle, and we hit these three steps and make the turn around the corner and blast down on the Sunset Boulevard. And he had this death grip on my rib cage. I'm like, yeah. And he said, you're crazy. MFR. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and that was kind of it. You know, we became fast pals, and I wound up touring with him for five years. But always the comedy store is my home to be able to come yeah. back there and, and do shows and I've done, I've done, had nights where you've done sets in all three rooms. They call that the trifecta. If you get a spot in the main room, the belly room, the original room. And, and it was just, you know, it's just, a, it's just a magical place. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, a, you know, kind of Mitzi Shore's, uh, you know, wayward home for misfit toys, you know. Yeah. But it was kind of like go out there and pursue this career and, and, and stand up. And, and it was possible. And, you know, she was still, I'm sure, like you said, there was a lot of people who would probably blame her for them not having the career they wanted or whatever. But, you know, it was always, it was just her system, you know? Right. Things so, have changed, yeah. Well, now that she's passed, and, you know, she, she's been ill for a while, so it's not like she's had a hand in the day-to-day operations for some time, but do you see anything changing there, or is uh, the inertia uh, of what she was able to start so many years ago going to carry the comedy store through for a long time to come? No, I think it will carry this place through. I think, you know, now with podcasts, you know, comedians like, you know, Bill Burr and Joe Rogan on their podcasts, talking about it and talking about what a great place it is. I mean, you know, it's, it's full now. Every and Marin, you did Mark Marin's podcast, and you guys did like 45 minutes on the comedy store. Yeah, the, the, the store, you know, well, because that's where, you know, we were kids, though, just starting out there hanging out with <laughs> Kinnison and, and, and all that stuff. And so, it's you know, and we both have our different memories, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, but, I, you know, it's just a... Uh, it was it was just, it was just a great place, and you're right. It is the end of an era. I, I mean, you know, never you know everything's become so corporate now. I mean, never where you find a place like that that allows you to go up and fail and and get better and and have that safe space. I mean, it really is the end of an era. You know, everything's becoming so corporate. I mean, that was like that. That was like a bastion. You know, like an oasis in the desert of where you can go and create, be creative, and not worry about it. You know. Jimmy, how, how much of an overlap was there out there between Kinnison and Dice Clay? Because both of those guys, to me, are like larger than life, especially at their peaks. Were, were they able to share the same stage at the same time? Sure. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, they were both human cartoons, you know, if you will. They were bigger than life in that, in that they were kind of almost caricatures of themselves. But, yeah, they were, that place is big enough. Believe me, there's plenty of egos in that joint, you know. <laughs> there's plenty. So, yeah, it, and there's three rooms, and it's a big place. So, you know, uh, yeah, there's plenty of 
There's plenty of room for people's egos in that joint. Yeah, did they get along? Well, they did initially. I mean, you know, they used to go up the crest, so that's where they came up with Sam's Cream and Dice's stuff. And, and then there was a falling out over some stuff. But, yeah, but you, you're pretty much they're, they're friends now. And, and Carl LeBeau, who's doing a residency in Las Vegas, uh, has become real good friends with Andrew Dice Clay. In fact, Dice helped him get the, his residency in Vegas. So, you know, by, you know, time heals all wounds. Bygones yeah, be bygones, yeah. you know? Yeah. So where are you heading right now? I'm heading to Portland. <laughs> Nice. That's, what, that's the old joke. People go, hey, I want to be a comedian. I go, yeah, I hope you like airports. <laughs> <laughs> well, safe travels hey, to you, man. And I, I can't wait to see you back here in the Berg. Yeah, man, can't wait to be back. And uh, Hey, Joe, what's up, buddy? What's up, Jimmy? Love what's you, up, baby. Man? I love you, too, buddy. All right, good talking to you guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man, we'll see, see you. you. Jimmy hey. Schubert, comedy store veteran, the legend. Jimmy Schubert's one of the all-time funniest people. Oh my on, god! A, a, he on never and stops, off stage. He's never a, stops being but, funny. But he's not uh-huh. on. He's just the great Jimmy Schubert. Yeah. It's not like he's trying to make you laugh. You just have to laugh. He, and also a master magician. Oh, really? A, a master. Old school. He had us. He had us riveted backstage with all his tricks. <laughs> Last time he was in town, everything he just never stopped making me laugh. It was like he was performing the entire time. Yep. It was hilarious the whole time. Uh, so he got his start there under Mitzi. Yeah, he's he 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 is a legend at the store. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. A lot of people think they're legends. Places he I, I he's a bona fide legend at the store. Well, there was that. That was. I feel like there was two golden ages of the store. There was the pre-strike and the post-strike. And the pre-strike are all of like now the grandfathers of comedy: the Robin Williams, David Letterman, Richard Pryor. Uh, you know, all the old school guys. And then... That's when he got there. No, he got there I for mean, Dice 80s, Clay. He, yeah. Yeah, no, they were there in the 70s, though. I mean, he... Yeah, but they were still doing spots. Robin oh, yeah, Williams yeah, in they, the 80s. Yeah, Robin Williams would come back and do them, but he was already hugely Huge. famous and had right. Mark and... You know, Mark and Mindy was under his belt already. But, you know, Jimmy Schubert was part of the Dice Clay, Sam Kinison, uh, his Kinison Bo, stories Roseanne are- Barr... Like basically that whole Dangerfield special, the West Coast portion of that was like the Schubert era, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a little, you know, it was always pretty fast out there, but in the eighties, well, real fast, it sped up. Uh huh. Well, I remember seeing, I saw Kinison twice in Pittsburgh. I saw him at the Syria Mosque, and it was a, you know, it was one of the, it was like right when he did his special, his infamous. So he was amazing. Yeah. Then he he kind of phoned it in at the uh, Palumbo Center. And now as a comic, I kind of know. Yeah, you know, it was a Sunday night. Maybe right. He's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I already got the check in the pocket. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, but it, Took it, it deep was, the night before. Yeah, it was still great though. It was still great. But um, and he was he was just telling stories. And I remember t- talking to Jimmy Schubert was with him on all of those stories. I mean, he was ground zero. Yeah, he was in the with he a bodyguard or what Who, was dice? Yeah, no, no, no. Was Jimmy Schubert, Kennison's bodyguard. Like, what so he was, was his opening act. Yeah, it was his opening act. Oh, was he? Kind of like what Bill does when he, you know, brings me and Verzi. He just wants to keep the party, you know, have all of his friends there. Yeah. And if you can be that big and tell everyone what you want and can afford to bring people with you, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. More with Joe Bartnick hanging out here. Mike Pursuit is going to come in for another recap of the 7-0 drubbing of the Flyers last night at the hands of Sidney Crosby in the pen. Sports. Uh, Mike Pursuta, 
Talking Pens, <laughs> Flyers, seven nothing. Game one goes to the good guys, Mike. That it did. It uh, included just about everything you want to see from your team if you perceive your team to be a serious contender to win another Stanley Cup. The Penguins, uh, spectacular at times against Philadelphia, but for the vast majority of the time, playing the right way in what became a seven nothing blowout of the Philadelphians in Game One. Uh, the Flyers did not generate much in terms of opportunity. When they did, Matt Murray was there to turn them away. And uh, according to Carl Hagelin, the Penguins earned that shutout in all three zones. Yeah. When we're moving our feet, everyone's back checking. We're, we're you know, tough to play against, so we got to keep doing that. We need to bring the same level of urgency and intensity uh, in the next game and uh, you know, see where it goes. Moving the feet, back checking. These are concepts apparently foreign to Claude Giroux. <laughs> you want to know what it's not supposed to look like? Get that Evgeny Malkin goal in your head. Oh, yeah. A guy skating with the puck, passing up players who are not moving their feet, who are coasting, seemingly disinterested in doing anything, but watch him go jam it into your neck. That was remarkable. The fact that he finished on that play, too. It's just, what were they thinking? Great effort by uh, Malkin, but it should not happen. Shouldn't be that right, easy. That, not to discount what he did. Yeah. Should, you know, credit the Penguins for taking advantage when the door was open. They burst through it like uh, the two-time champs that they are. But uh, the, the Crosby hat trick was phenomenal. The Malkin goal was phenomenal. That's what people come to see. That's what you love to scream about. But that keeping the other team to zero goals thing, that, that can translate. That can be replicated a lot easier than just counting on Sidney Crosby to get three goals and win you the game. If, if you play the way they played last night, the way we've seen the Penguins play so often over the last two postseasons, they will truly be on to something. Uh, Mike Sullivan, pretty pleased about the way the Pens went about their business last night. Mike, what was the key to giving up seemingly few really good scoring opportunities and no goals? I think it was a commitment to defend and just play the right way. You know, Philly's got a, a dynamic offense. They're a team that really comes at you with numbers. Their they're defensemen are very active, both off the rush and off the offensive blue line. And, uh, you know, they, they have some... You know they have some elite players as well that that can that can make plays and uh, and when we did break down I thought uh, I thought Matt Murray made some real timely saves for us the one in the first period um, jumps out at me and and so but but I overall as I think uh, at, when I look look back on the on the whole 60 minute effort I think it was just on our part it was just a commitment to defend and play the game the right way. Well, he loves saying that stuff, doesn't he? And. You, over and over and over again. When you see a result such as last night, you you understand why, right? That's you're not going to lose too many when you shut the other team out. The forecheck, they were just yeah. forechecking, relentless commitment to defend. And yeah, Matt Murray was good. Uh, the, the second chance save on Lawton was phenomenal. It's another one that should have been in the net. He was great, but he wasn't really. T- I mean, he almost, I told my dad he's back there riding a stationary bike after after the game. He didn't. Get, he didn't get enough of a sweat. I mean, but he made all the saves he had to. Yeah, uh, and that's that's how good the Penguins were. Not not only were they committed to defending, but they executed. I thought Matt made a number of timely saves when when he needed to for us. But overall, as I said, I thought it was a, a pretty solid defensive effort on our part. I thought that that was as good a commitment to play in defense as, as, as we've had. 
That's a pretty strong statement right there. As good a commitment to playing defense as we've had. One thing Murray did, though, was he really controlled the puck. His rebounds, every time he'd catch, he used his glove, he'd move the play along. Like, he really controlled the game. Solid. Yeah, there's even one or two times where he was trying to let the four-checker glide by and then move it, and they blew a whistle on him. <laughs> oh, he went between his legs one time. I'm like, look at it, look at the disco on yeah. that one. A little crazy. He was in control, and that, uh, that commitment to defend on the Penguins' part, that even included... Defending the slot, net front defense, getting getting down and dirty and battling and, and making sure your crease doesn't get overrun and your goalie can see it coming. Well, they, you know, these guys, are they're hard to defend. They've got some big bodies that, uh, you know, that, that like to play in front of the net. And, and if we can get to them and, and box them out to give our goalie some sight lines, I think that's the, that's the priority. But it's not always that easy. And uh, so I thought our defensemen, did a pretty good job at, at, at trying to recognize when they could take that ice and, and make it hard for them to, to gain access to the net front. But uh, I also thought our forwards did a pretty good job as far as getting in shot lanes and discouraging those pucks getting down to the net. And, you know, the, the Flyers are one of the better teams in the league at, at from the blue line at getting pucks through down, down to the net. And I thought uh, that was something that we had spoken about before the series started, that we've got to make sure that we get in shot lanes and we, we try to make it hard uh, for them to get pucks down to our net. And, uh, and I thought, for the most part, we did a pretty good job there as well. Yeah, pretty good job. 24 blocked shots by the Penguins last night. That's commitment. Did 24. You know, did you notice Wayne Simmons? I only noticed him once. When that was it. Alexiak's face, that one. Yeah, the, but it was a very tame, straight right hand. It was like, I want to pretend like I want to mix it up with you, but I really don't. I mean, what happened to Wayne Simmons? I don't want to see him. No, no, didn't see no. Him. But, right. what, but what happened, Mike? I mean, did, what, did you just, notice him? I, and you know what else I noticed? Uh, in particular, I was watching that slot area defense because that's, you know, the shot blocking and defending the crease area. That's Ian Cole stuff, right? Yep. That, that's what they've purportedly been missing since they got rid of Ian Cole. I saw Ole Mata working down low. Uh, Justin Schultz, Chad Ruedel, uh, Alexiak, uh, Brian Dumoulin, uh, Broussard. Chris Letang, and uh, yes, even number 87 was uh, getting his hands dirty down in front of the Penguins' net, doing what needed to be done when it needed to be done. I saw Rue Weedle back-checking Simmons and and handling him, and I was like, okay, if Simmons can't get around Rue Weedle, it's going to be a super short series. Yeah, Rue Weedle. I mean, no, 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 no knock on him. I'm, I'm not trying to <laughs> no offense. trash talk Rue Weedle, but <laughs> if their stars can't shine. Yeah. Rue Weedle led the block shot parade with six. Pens, seven. Flyers, zero. Gino. Comes over to Tarou. Penalty's over. Comes to Gostasper. Slabber block. Malkin gets to the puck. He's back on. Malkin, one on three. Goes through everybody. Coming one. One man to beat. Two scores! What a play by FKA Malkin! <laughs> be here to believe it. Yeah. 71 if Getty Malkin makes it 3 nothing. Pittsburgh on an unbelievable watch to the net area. Oh my goodness. Wow. The Malkin statue should just have Giroux gliding behind him. Yeah. <laughs> it could like circle around it but never actually touch him. Trailing with his stick sitting on his knees. Good times for the Pittsburgh Penguins. 1-0. In the series against Flyers resumes tomorrow night. Game 2 at the PPG Paints Arena, 7 o'clock. More details on that on the way. Val's got news next. Val. 
Ladies, would you rather hang out with your best friend or your husband? We'll talk about the results of a new survey. Also, comedian Shane Torres is in. He's at the uh, Burning Bridges Festival all weekend long. He's got one more performance, and that's tonight. He uh, started it off last night. The festival will culminate with our own Bill Crawford headlining over at Club Cafe. Go to www.burningbridgesfestival.com for the full lineup. But Shane Torres in studio this next half hour. DV. An explosive report details allegations against Missouri's governor in lurid detail. The report comes from a special state committee and deals with testimony from Governor Eric Greeton's mistress. According to the report, she says he took her to the basement, taped her hands to pull-up rings, blindfolded her, pulled her pants down to her ankles. She said she then huh? she then heard a phone camera and uh, saw a flash and that he threatened to distribute the picture if she mentioned his name. You know... Courting has really changed. <laughs> Is that Pilates? <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. That's Pilates. <laughs> Randy Bowman and the DVE Morning Joe Show. Joe Bartnick's hanging out with us, celebrating a big Penguins win. Woo! Game one last yeah. night, and Hagelin gets one. He's trying to get it out of the zone. Can't do it. Late chance here. And Hawkwood shoots and scores. Hawkwood got that clock, and Hagelin may have got it in front. The Penguins take a 2 nothing lead. Oh, my goodness. Let's go hunt moose on a Harley. The Penguins have scored again. Second goal of the night there. Haglin authors that one. And uh, that reminds me of the Punjabi call where they got it wrong at first and then re, uh, put, put the, put, they put the Haglin brakes on. Pittsburgh and Anthony Horner. Hagelin on it. Benino on the shot. What kind of guy go on? Nick Benino, 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 Benino. Haglin, Haglin, Haglin. Bupinder on the call there. All right, uh, Val's got your news uh, right now. Joe Bartnick hanging in studio. Shane Torres, John Dick Winters from Burning Bridges Comedy Festival later this half hour. What's up? What? What am I? Be- what are you doing? Nothing. I saw. You what's upping to me? Yeah. All a lot right. Of hand movement going over there. I like this half asleep Val. Uh, <laughs> like what's up? Half me? in the bag, half asleep Val. <laughs> she had two glasses of wine at dinner last night. I was like, uh oh. She cut it off early. Here she drank some waters. Yeah, I didn't drink after dinner. I didn't think you did. Just had water. So. But you got a good head start. Yeah. And then gird all night. Yep. Ah. Uh, that's what happens when you get old. No, uh, here's uh, dude, the- I feel you on the gird. It's the worst. Yeah. Do you have it? Yeah, but I just take lots of pills and stuff. I'll Zantac away a, a gird. Yeah. Well, I think the hiatal hernia is what gets me. Beetroot Root pills. What? Beetroot pills. Beetroot pills help your stomach? Oh my god! I used, I used to take like three tagamets a day. Oh my god! You know how much I drink. And I eat. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, take beetroot pills. Yeah. What are those? You can get them at GNC because I hate beets. They make me gag. So I take the pills. You know, like a G, not yeah. no, not not, G, not GNC. You have to go to like a little bit more hippier. Yeah. Maybe like Whole Foods oh, yeah. or you know your earthy crunchy place. Yeah. Right. And you take them like you like pills. Yeah, they sell your stomach down. No, they settle your heartburn down. They clear out your uh, oh, your okay. air tract there or whatever it is. The GERD. Dude, beetroot. Give it a try. Rock the beetroot. What here, you got going on here's, there? Uh, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Well, that uh, you know, 7 nothing win last night helps you get a little loosey-goosey, too. Little lo- little mm-hmm. loosey-goosey, feeling yeah. good like it's a Friday on a Thursday. Exactly. You're getting a Friday feel on a Thursday. Right. We're walking yeah. on sunshine right yeah. now. 53 degrees now at DV. Well, you can't beat that. This weekend, uh, all weekend long, it started uh, Wednesday, last night, and it's going to go through Sunday night, the Burning Bridges Comedy Festival. You can go to 
BurningBridgesFestival.com for the full lineup. Bill Crawford's going to close out the uh, weekend at Club Cafe, as we were telling you earlier, and joining us right now in the studio. John Dick Winters and Shane Torres both will be performing uh, throughout the Burning Bridges Festival. And uh, first of all, welcome to the show, Shane. How you doing? Oh, I'm hanging What's in there. John Dick Winters is a uh, longtime, uh, of course, uh, uh, a friend of the show. Correspondent. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, John, you threw this festival together, right? Yeah, threw together would be the perfect <laughs> phraseology for that. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah. Got like, a website and everything. <laughs> yeah, man. Congratulations. You got Thanks. a website up. You got a full lineup. And it started last night. Goes through Sunday. How many total uh, acts are there going to be? Uh, about seventy or eighty. Yeah. Holy cow! There's a lot of people on this sh- on this show for sure. How did you wrangle that all together? Um, I just asked and pleaded, and uh, it kind of came together. I don't know. I, cool. I just a lot of local, a lot of local talent, a lot of national talent wanted to come in and do the shows. Right on. It's pretty easy to find a fair amount of comedians these days. Look at Shane. Put out a bat signal and yeah, then yeah. just start fielding <laughs> emails. So for those who don't know, Shane, uh, you had a bit of uh, viral video uh, uh, fame, for lack of a better way to contextualize it. Uh, uh, defending uh, Guy Fieri. Yeah. And yeah. Nickelback, to and, a degree. To a degree, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's uh, that'd be fair. I mean, this seems like the kind of town that would, like, serves Guy Fieri's kind of food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. We oh, were yeah. just talking he's, about he's it. here. Oh, uh, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not dogging it. I want, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, no. He just seems like a sweet guy, and people are pretty mean to him, you know? And, <laughs> and I don't understand why. Like, why, like, you know, nobody's, like, uh, no one's pissed like at state fairs for all the garbage food they serve up. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, right. you know, like so, you know, make a meme of that or you know, it's horrible. People, you know what terrible. it is? It's like the Papa John thing. Once you distort your appearance and you start looking all freaky and and flaunting it proudly, the Papa and, John thing. Yeah, Papa John. I feel like once he started like once he got his third plastic surgery and then uh, he went out and started uh, putting his face everywhere. And Guy Fieri, I think that if you stay behind the scenes. Then you're not likely to get as much crap for, oh, for serving sure, yeah. crap. Yeah, <laughs> didn't he like quit his partnership with the NFL this year? Or something yeah, just because yeah. of the Nazis got behind him. It's a real big misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, love yeah. that garlic sauce. Though. Yeah, love no, that it became garlic. the pizza well, of the alt right. Somebody but else I mean, figures uh, that out. Just a big misunderstanding. Man, white supremacist pizza good. was Do really that. good. Just misunderstanding. That's I all. love that pizza. I don't know. I know it's not good, but it's like, <laughs> <laughs> don't but you ever feel that way? Like, you're yeah. like, I don't like, like, I'm a big coffee snob, but sometimes I just want, like, one of these, like, I see a little kid, like, with, like, a big sugary coffee shake, and I'm like, yeah, I just want to like, you better give that to, you know, like, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm getting today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need some single origin pour over coffee today, you know? Oh, there was a coffee shop that it was ahead a of the hipster sort of, uh, uh, um, phenomena that happened on the east end of Pittsburgh and I went in one time and they were like uh, and I was like do you have any cream and they're like no we don't want you to use cream and I was like for real like, oh yeah yeah they're, they're very uh, yeah how dare they su- you they suck yeah yeah, <laughs> they suck. yeah like, no but uh, yeah where's the best coffee in Pittsburgh where do you uh, you know, there's this lots place of good You ever heard of Starbucks? Yeah, right. <laughs> They're across. really good. You know, I spent some time in the Northwest, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty familiar with the, uh... It's so funny because I feel the same way as you. Like, in theory, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I want to support mom and pop shops. But if you're on the road, for me, like, a chain food restaurant oh, yeah. is like an embassy. Oh, well, the nice thing is, like, are you on the road a ton? Yeah. Me too. The nice thing is, like, it's familiar. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing worse than being, like, going to, like... 
going to the new town and they're like, oh, you got to try our sandwich. And then you're like, this is the worst damn sandwich I've ever had in my life. <laughs> right. So like a chain restaurant, like, you know, you go to Chili's, you're like, these chicken fingers are going to taste the same whether they're in Albuquerque <laughs> right. or, or right. Pittsburgh. Yeah, there's comfort to the consistency. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah. You're a creature, Habert Joe. Yes, you know, I, I like Starbucks just for the fact that I hate the overly earthy, crunchy store. Where it's like, mm-hmm. no, we don't want to give you an extra paper cup because we're trying to save the... No, like, I want I want all the... Or, like, we don't have napkins. Or sleeves. <laughs> you know, when it's too hot and they don't oh, have yes. a sleeve? Yeah, like, well, just, oh, yeah. We ran out of our biodegradable sleeves, so you're just going to have to burn your fist. <laughs> <laughs> There's a shop like that in Brooklyn that like by my, by my place, and... Uh, they don't, uh, they don't have sleeves in there because it's environmental. And I'm like, can I just have an extra cup? And they're like, yeah, sure. Like they don't, <laughs> you know, like, and they don't, they don't, like they're trying, but they're also, you know, yep. they put it. I kind of like the way they go about because it it's like, well, we're gonna try, but we're not gonna also, you know, like it's a fair compromise. Like right. some people don't think to ask. And you know those people are stupid. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> well, like I'm, I'm a sweet and low whore. Like I love sweet and low. Really? And some of the really? earthy, crunchy places, they like, oh, sweet and low. No, we have this other kind of stuff that's like it's made raw. with virgin bee oil. Right. And I'm like, no, I want five <laughs> sweet and lows. Virgin bee oil. Well, you know, I think also because like bees. sweet and low is something that I would find on my aunt's kitchen table all the time. And I think that there's just like window in your life when you like. Uh, in your 20s especially, where you're just trying to get away from all of that stuff, and it, everything needs to be new again, and then you do this, like, come around to the things that were always comforting in the beginning. Like and, Bob Seger. Right. <laughs> Bob Seger and Sweet and Low. They're basically the same thing. <laughs> it, was, it was Conway Twitty for me. That was I grew up with Conway Twitty, and I didn't like it later until I was, like, 35. I'm like, now I, now I get it. Yeah, but while other people are ironically enjoying it, you, I, you have to try I, to fight for your authentic, yeah, like, for your sure. authentic yeah. uh, appreciation. It's hard to defend Conway Twitty. He's like a creepy Johnny Cash, but I get it. I was into Twitty. I'm a Twitty head from way back, man. I remember 67. John Dick Winters and Shane Torres are in studio. BurningBridgesFestival.com to learn about all the acts. Val, do you got to get a uh, couple stories in? You want to? Uh, sure, if you want. Yeah, throw a couple. Uh, there are uh, another, or is at least one more scandalous story coming out about the president. Error reports the National Enquirer paid a doorman at Trump Tower. 30 grand for a damaging story about Trump's love life and then buried it, as they have done. Uh, doorman Dino Sujudin claims Donald Trump fathered a love child with an employee all the way back in the 80s. Uh, while there's no evidence to support the claim, it's not the first time the Inquirer, as I said, have done this. They did it with the Playboy playmate Karen McDougal. Uh, they paid her 150 grand for her story. Catch and, and never, kill. Never published it right. Catch and kill. They, uh, you know, it wouldn't be hard to find out if he does have a love child, though, because by now that kid would be 33-ish or, mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that. And yeah. I'm guessing he would exhibit some of uh, the genetic traits that uh, would be the dominant Trump in the children. Trump. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just check his hair. Uh, have we gone delusion. so far in the wrong direction <laughs> as a country that the National Enquirer is now a credible news source? <laughs> <laughs> they're a catch and kill, though. They're 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 good at doing that protecting thing, which yeah. I don't understand. How do you get pissed at the National Enquirer if you sell them your story and then expect it? Yeah, like to your point, to uh, deliver with the actual yeah. news. Yeah, it's, it's like not getting your joke on Letterman. I wrote that. It's a great bit. <laughs> <laughs> He's not using my. They're not using my stuff. Why not? <laughs> 
This story is unbelievable. A doctor at a Canadian fertility clinic accused of using his own sperm to father at least 11 children. A class action lawsuit has been filed against Dr. Norman Barwin of Ottawa. One of the original plaintiffs says her parents went to the clinic in 1989, but she has since found out that she has no biological connection to the father she was raised with. Our by lawyers say they have since heard from 150 other people who have concerns about this fertility doctor dating back uh, all the way to the 70s. I mean, self-dealing. That is got to be the joke that everybody like kind of half-heartedly asks, like, hey, you didn't mix in your own blend here, <laughs> right, did you? Yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. So this guy is like the Starbucks of sperm bank. <laughs> <laughs> and these, all these people want to have is a little mom-and-pop shop. <laughs> oh, that's gross. <laughs> Two pumps of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not bringing that back till the fall. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Those poor people. Oh, that is terrible. No. Finally, Mike Campbell is opening up about the announcement that he would be replacing Lindsey Buckingham in Fleetwood Mac in a statement released yesterday. Campbell said he was sad to hear of Buckingham's departure. While honored and excited to join the band, Campbell went on to praise Buckingham, calling him a true genius at songwriting and guitar playing, and says he intends to honor his songs while bringing his own musicality to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band. While details have not been announced, Fleetwood Mac does plan to mount a massive world tour starting sometime this year. He's really looking forward to playing the Fleetwood Mac catalog and sleeping with Stevie Nicks. Big perk (laughs) of joining Fleetwood Mac. She bangs everybody in the band. Signing bonus? She historically has. Well, she's the female heartbreaker. Right. She she was she would have been a heartbreak. She wanted to be a heartbreaker so bad, and Tom Petty's like, uh, the heartbreakers are all mad. Is like, that for real? I don't remember that in that Bogdanovich documentary. Oh, at, well, I'm a huge Tom. I'm I know a lot about Tom Petty. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. she was dating Jimmy Iovine when they recorded "Stop Dragging My Heart Around" because that was a Petty song, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Because you, if you have the Tom Petty series channel, you can even hear sometimes they'll play the "Stop Dragging My Heart Around" with just no, with no Stevie Nicks. Yeah. And then and then. Uh, he she wanted a song and he's like I ah, here take this one, and then they put put it together. Yeah, I mean she did a whole tour, the greatest hits tour, whatever the forty year, whatever the big tour was like two years ago. She was with him. She came to every show. Really he came out and did a couple songs. Yeah, hmm. he would even say, yeah, she wanted to be a heartbreaker, but we're like, no, the heartbreakers are all guys. Yeah, she thought she could join the band and like in the beginning of the eighties, and they're like, <laughs> no, nah. had to be a couple wow. of the heartbreakers going, you know, uh, <laughs> why don't we give this a second thought here. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but she's. Uh, I'm sure that's how he got the gig. Like you know, he knew she put a good word in for him. Yeah. Well, that's a yeah, good point. I know Dave Mason was in Fleetwood Mac for a while. Like when they had that weird breakup in mm-hmm. the '80s, they like I think he did some gigs with them too. But they have seemed to be interchangeable for a long time. It's pretty hard to replace Lizzie Buckingham though and go out as Fleetwood Mac. Because yeah. a lot of people are going to want to hear that voice. Yeah, well, I love the part where he's just like, he's like, I'd love, I look forward to bringing my own musicality to Like anybody going to see Fleetwood Mac now is like, play your new stuff. Right. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we want to hear Landslide. Everybody hears like into something well, else. I'm just happy they're not going to find a Filipino Tom Petty. Oh, I know. Do the heartbreaker right. sure. How beautiful would his hair be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still think the best move that Steve Perry from Journey could have done, as Bill has pointed out many times, you know, they replaced him with the YouTube Filipino star. Yeah. And Steve Perry should have just returned the serve. 
gone out with a completely Filipino backup band. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two can play at this game. Right. Yeah. He seems happy, though, Steve Perry, when they interview him. He seems like he's still getting checks. and Yeah, he still gets paid. And he's like, over. is he over it, you think? Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is. And he, his voice couldn't do it. He couldn't sing those notes after having surgery. I think he had vocal cord problems and had surgery, and he just couldn't return to form. He had one of the most you know unique voices ever. Yeah, yeah, ever. a beautiful voice. Yeah. But like, I think it's just a physical thing, too. Like, if... Wouldn't after that long, like, you're just, your body's your instrument, so it's just going to fade, right? right? Right. Like, it won't be able to perform. It's not like you can't just put, like, new pickups on it like a guitar. Right, <laughs> which is why Robert Plant wouldn't go sing the Zeppelin songs. He's like, I can't do him justice. It's just not fair to go out and try to sing those songs. Uh, which never stopped Roger Daltrey, who kept going with yeah. the Who. <laughs> I do love a guy who refuses. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going down with this shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they like tripped over John Emmel's dead body to play the uh, Hollywood Bowl the one time. <laughs> <laughs> they did not care about Ox. That was weird. Oh, I mean, he died like. Thursday, Friday morning, and like I think Saturday night they were at the Hollywood Bowl. Like, yeah, well, this guy knew a couple of bass lines. Let's go. <laughs> and then Pino Palladino ready to go, man. Rain this morning, decreasing clouds today. Uh, windy, warmer 70 for the high today. It's 56 at DVE. All right. Shane Torres is in town. And where are you performing tonight? I know last night you did uh, Nordy's, right? Yeah, yeah, play the... Uh uh, that's a, the university, right? Pitt yeah, Union, yeah. 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 So yeah. where are you tonight? We are at, is it Arcade Theater at 8? Yeah, Arcade Comedy Theater. Oh, Arcade nice. Arcade Comedy Theater at 8, yeah. I'll do some, uh, you know, I'll go in there and sling a few jokes around. And and then uh, it's Kevin all weekend. Saturday, Saturday's Lisa's show, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's, if I could say see anybody this weekend, I'd say Lisa Traeger. Like, she's awesome. She's Lisa awesome. Traeger. Saturday 11 yeah. p.m. in a club cafe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like. She's like beautifully foul mouthed. It's great. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, she's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an eleven o'clock show. So a late show at Club Cafe Saturday. Yep. That's the last show. Of the, that's the last show of the Saturday. Yep. And yep. then the last show of the weekend, of course, at Club Cafe with Bill Crawford. Looking forward to it. Hell also yeah. eleven p.m. Sunday night, Bill. Very good. <laughs> Is it? No. Is it? BurningBridgesFestival.com. <laughs> you got real worried for a second. I'm going to be off on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Go check it out. Shane, man, it was great to meet hey, thank you. Thank you for having making the time, yeah. For sure. And uh, best of luck with Burning Bridges. Once again, go to BurningBridgesFestival.com in Arcade Comedy Theater tonight. And they can get their tickets at that website at Burning Bridges? Absolutely. All right. Eight yeah, Good deal. Tickets are going fast. All right, man. We'll jump on it tonight. Arcade <laughs> Comedy Theater, 8 o'clock show to see Shane Torres. Thanks, man. It was good Thank to meet you. Thank you for having me. Right on. All right, DV. DVE Sports. Mike Pesuda back in studio talking Penn's Flyers, a 7 nothing drubbing of uh, the Philadelphia Flyers by the Penguins last night to kick off this series. Mike? Sports this hour brought to you by Caseda by Lutron Smart Lighting Controls. The Penguins were in control last night in that 7 nothing drubbing. It's a drubbing. Love that word. Yes. They were drubbed. And uh, <laughs> Carl Hagel... Carl Hagelin was talking about swagger again last night, about how goaltender Matt Murray has it, and about how the Penguins embraced it in that 7 nothing drubbing of Philadelphia. Yeah, he's a confident guy. Obviously, he's won t- two cups, and uh, uh, even though he's young, he, he has a lot of composure. He, uh, you know, he just got a lot of swagger back there, and we like that. Carl, you used the word swagger a couple times tonight. You were talking about it. The other day, a couple times, is it important for this team to play with this way? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we're a confident group when we're, you know, when we're in the playoffs, and uh, we also understand how different games are going to be. So uh, we got to stay at an at an even keel, but still have that that confidence that uh, you know we're going to bring it every night. Yeah, you know, I don't 
recall the Penguins mentioning swagger a whole lot the last two years. Mm -mm. If at all. Haglund seems to have made it one of his PowerPoints. As, as, as if, you know how when we try to sell something, you get the you get the talking points and you mention this, this, and this. Uh, he talked about it Monday. He talked about it again last night. I think he believes that to have the swagger this time around, the, the, the confidence that's inspired by winning a couple of Stanley Cups and know that any situation you've got it covered because you're the Penguins. He's swaggy haggy. Uh, he played great last night. That, that first period was textbook how to do a little bit of everything. Block shots, takeaways, assists, goals, penalty killing, forechecking, uh, no job too small, and uh, it added up to a big blowout win for the Penguins. Was it the swagger? Is this how it's going to be this spring? Well, defenseman Justin Schultz talked about that uh, a little bit last night as well. To Schultz, it's not so much swagger or confidence. It's just this team knowing what time of year it is. Guys in this room love to play playoff hockey. It's um, the fun time of year to play. Um, the games are that much more intense uh, the crowd's louder it's it's just a lot of fun and, and the guys in, in this room like to raise their game and they like to raise their game joe they i love how he's the penguins just enjoy playing in the playoffs when the stakes are high i think that's what sullivan said <laughs> last night this team likes to play when the stakes are high that's yeah. what you want it's a little more interesting than november against winnipeg well you know when you build up a or tolerance Calgary. to the pressure and the in the the cup chase then all of a sudden it's like that's the only thing that gets the juices flowing. They're probably telling Sullivan all year, like, look, we swear to God, go ahead, get rid of Cole. We'll block shots when the playoffs start. <laughs> yeah, just, it's not hey. going to be a problem. Hey, back <laughs> off, Boston boy. I've heard this crap for two years. I'll try hard in April, I promise. I swear. Did you see the smile on Sid's face after the hat trick on the big screen? That was just the best. He was just so happy. Yeah, Penguins are uh, pretty comfortable in their own skin right about now. They they understand the drill. Uh, they know what time of year it is. And uh, part of that, according to Derek Broussard, is knowing how to respond to 7 nothing drubbings. Tomorrow it's back to getting uh, getting ready for the, the game two, uh, getting a good practice, make sure that we're, we're, we're doing what we have to do. I mean, I think the experience of this group is, uh, you know, is, it's up there and, Going in a two Stanley Cup run the last two years, uh, uh, you know, I think we're going to answer the right way. Uh, that's something that we, you know, we were talking about is to, you know, enjoy the day, you know, be in the moment. But when, when uh, we have to turn the page, uh, you know, the next day, you have to have a short memory in the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to enjoy that one for sure. Yeah, enough guys said turn the page or, or worse to that effect last night. I'm pretty sure somebody in the locker room said before the media was allowed in, hey, don't forget to say it's only one game and we got to come back <laughs> strong and can't take anything for granted. But that's, hey. Pretend to be humble, guys. That, that's right. important, right? Break. you, you got to – maybe it sinks in and uh, you don't get caught napping if uh, you're up front about that. So, so far, so good in the first round for Pittsburgh. Philadelphia, on the other hand, <laughs> uh, a lot of issues – According to head coach uh, Dave Haxtell, one of them is not the goaltending. He sounded like a guy who's probably going to go back to Brian Elliott in game two after he had yanked Brian Elliott in game one. Um, right now, I'd, you know, my, my, my uh, first instinct is, yeah, you know, I think this is, you know, it's always different as you get into the playoffs because everything is elevated a little bit, but 
you know, coming back with uh, with Moose when he was, um, you know, when he was uh, coming off the injury, um, you know, he's our guy. He he's he's a huge reason why our team was able to, uh, you know, put ourselves into a, a position to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, he's uh, you know, in terms of his uh, his presence in our in our dressing room and the trust that we all have in him. Uh, you know, it's it, that, that's a pretty big factor. So, you know, I, um, like everything else, we'll look hard at it. But you know, right now, my first gut instinct is that you know he's our guy, and I don't I don't see a reason why we would go away from him. He knows his team better than I do. Uh, I was surprised he started Elliott in the second period. Yeah, he was he was shaky from the get go. Really bad in that yeah. first period. Now that the goals that they got on him in the second period, not a whole lot. Uh, the the Broussard pass off Gensel's blade for the tap in. Yeah, there's a cut. And couple... the Crosby batted into the net. I don't know what he's supposed to do on that. Hmm. But... Just juicy rebounds, though. Yeah. I mean, no, oh, yeah. no rebound control at all. Yeah, a couple that didn't go in. Fighting the puck. Oh, Phil had a uh, few chances that you know he, you know, pucks bouncing in the crease and reacting late, not coming out of his net and challenging. Just. Little basic stuff. He looked like a guy who was not ready to play. He was bobbling the. He was bobbling the puck like he was like a, a little leaguer trying to catch a pop up. <laughs> game two is Friday night at seven o'clock. There were a couple other game ones last night. Winnipeg took care of Minnesota three to two, and Mark Andre Fleury and the Golden Knights beat the Kings one to nothing. Fleury earning his eleventh career postseason shutout. That passes Ken Dryden and Henrik Lundqvist sole possession of 11th place on the NHL's all-time playoff shutout list. Pretty heady stuff for Mark andre Fleury. And uh, the stat of the day, teams that take a 1-0 lead in a best-of-seven series own an all-time series record of 458 and 209. That's a 68.6% success rate. The uh, success rate jumps up to 75.5% when a game one victory comes on home ice. I'm still nervous. Trending in the right direction. You're nervous. Uh, maybe nervous is a strong word. I can, you know, hey, it's one game. Confident but not cocky. I'm nervous they're going to score a goal in this series. <laughs> Trying to keep them shut I out. Just know it. Stan the Man Savern joins us when we come back from this commercial break and uh, still hanging out with Joe Bartnick live in studio. Unbelievable uh, uh, response from Mike Lang on that. Sid or on the uh, Evgeny Malkin goal last night. I mean, it just—it's like it took the Hall of Famer by surprise. Like he couldn't believe. It. I I need my daughter to teach me how to make that my answering machine message. <laughs> here's so, the uh, here's the goal call from the Hall of Famer. Comes over to Taru. Penalty's over. Comes to Gostasbara. Slapper block. Malkin gets to the puck. He's back on. Malkin one on three goes through everybody. Coming one one man to beat. Two scores. One off play by Evgeny Malkin. You would have to be here to believe it. 71, Evgeny Malkin makes it 3 nothing. Pittsburgh on an unbelievable rush to the net area. Oh, my goodness. I loved your, your Charles Dickens analogy last night in the first period. Yeah. It was the best of Gino. It was the worst of Gino. <laughs> Ultimately, a pretty good book. All right, when we come back, uh, Stan Saverin, the... 
It is the DVE Morning Show, and Stan Savern joining us right now, talking Penguins, Flyers, Game 1 last night, a decided uh, uh, outcome in the first period, basically. I mean, it, it, it was, you know, they could have come back, but the way they were playing, I mean, good Lord, it was 3 nothing could have been 5 nothing at the end of the first period. I mean, that, that game easily could have gotten even more out of control than it already was. Stan, can the Flyers get to the level they need to in the postseason. I mean, Penguins flipped the switch. They were there. Do they even? Do the Flyers even have that gear? I mean, I don't think they do. I think they're better than what they showed last night. But they again, anytime you're talking about a playoff, a series, um, it's like boxing. Styles make the match. Uh, and I don't know that many teams match up well against the Penguins. I think further down the road, if, for example, they win this one and beat whomever, and then you have to deal with either Tampa or Boston or somebody like that, uh, we'll be having a different conversation. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know that the uh, – uh, I mean, I wouldn't certainly judge them based on last night, but I think w- a couple of the things that, that struck me uh, outside of the Penguins getting to the, uh, the other gear, uh, number one, I would imagine, I'm going to guess, that Dave Haxtell will come back with Brian Elliott. I mean, he's his number one guy. Um, but he's going to have to answer questions about who you're going to start. Not that Morozik was any good last night, but th- there are questions that no coach wants to have to deal with at this point. And if things start out poorly, does he yank him again? I mean, these are things that you know you don't want to worry about. The second thing I thought that was really important. I mean, you you know you expect that from Sid and Gino, and and let's remember Kessel was fairly quiet last night, and they still scored seven. <laughs> um, that's you know kind of kind of frightening. Uh, but the thing I thought was important is that you had some guys uh, who had never played in a playoff game in a Penguin uniform. Alexiak had played 187 yeah. games in the first playoff game. Yeah. Uh, Zach Aston-Reese gets his first taste. Uh, Broussard gets his first taste as a Penguin. And I just thought it was important for them to understand the culture, to see what it feels like to be playing in the playoffs with this team, playing at their absolute best, in front of that crowd. And that's an intangible. I realize that. But I also think it goes a long way to understanding the culture and fitting in and contributing. Um, I think they get an idea of what it means here and what it's like here. Did you think Broussard got to the game that uh, he needs to be at? Well, I still think he's got a lot more. Uh, but I, I think he showed his playmaking ability. Uh, I think they did very well defensively. Uh, I think if you're looking at ratcheting it up to the next level, this is one of the big complaints, or uh, complaints that people point us out. Concerns. Well, mm-hmm. you know, Ian Cole left. They don't block any shots. They blocked 24 shots last <laughs> night, uh, which also tells you that it was uh, April the 11th, not February the 11th. <laughs> uh, that's a big thing. And something else, too, I thought was really uh, important. 12 of the 18 skaters hit the score sheet. I mean, that mm-hmm. you know, the top line, uh, eight points a combined plus 14, and I was really impressed uh, with the fourth line. I mean, I think Riley Shan's really been playing some terrific hockey for them. Uh, they, I know they love Zach Aston Reese because he brings an element, if need be. And you, you saw the Flyers once they started to get frustrated. I thought one of the just desserts, Couturier, that called for tripping. He was looking to hurt Chris Letang. He stuck that leg out, I thought. They caught him for a trip, and I, I thought... I didn't think that at the time. I'll go back and look at it again. Yeah, do. I, I think that, you know, it was getting to be that time. It was 2 to nothing. 
Uh, I think it was two nothing. Or no, Geno's goal made it three nothing. I think it was three nothing at the time. They scored the power play goal by Gensel, uh, and with the second unit, by the way. And I thought that was just desserts. Go, go ahead. You want to take those kinds of penalties? You know, it was in the open ice. Mm-hmm. You'll pay. Gino can't take penalties when we're on the power play, though. No. <laughs> that drives me crazy. I know. No. <laughs> but if he scores coming out of the box, that's... Yeah, yeah if, if, if you know that's coming, say, okay, Gino, go ahead and sit down there, cool off for a while, and then when you come out... I, I, I thought about this, and I, I mentioned it um, to you guys before we came on, or I came on anyway. Um, the only goal, playoff goal, that I can think um, that may be a tick above that but maybe equal to was Mario's goal when he undressed the entire North Star team uh-huh. in Game 2 of the 91 Final, which is, I mean, even Mario has said that's, you know, he had the one against Quebec and all the, you know, the goals he scored. But but that one was sort of the same, was electric, um, you know, beating guys. Uh, you know, Mario just deked poor John Casey. Uh, this one, he, and if you look at, at Gino's goal last night, it's a backhander, and we know about his backhand because the goal he scored against Carolina, if you remember, in, in 09, which was astounding. But he actually only had one hand on the stick. His right hand was sort of guiding it, but he really flicked that mostly with his left hand. It was really it was one-handed. So I, I, I'm going to ask people today on my show if that equals the, the Mario goal of 1991. Well, how far down the list is Sid's batting it out oh, of midair? That's everyday occurrence. <laughs> Can't get too excited about that. It's starting to be. I know. It's, uh, he, if, he was in, if he was in the major leagues right now, he'd be leading the major leagues in batting average. Because, <laughs> I mean, what is he, like four for five? Like doing Tony Gwynn. or whatever it is. In the summer, he goes to the batting cages with his hockey stick. <laughs> he he has to work on that stuff. Like, as silly no as question. it is. I mean... I don't well, the know legend how... of him shooting bucks into his dryer as a kid, yeah, just I know. doing those kind of trick shots. I mean, how many times have you seen him bank it off the goaltender's ass or head to get to score from behind the net? Another Mario trick, um, you know, a very important game against Chicago. Uh, the, the other thing, remember Sid, you know, played baseball in high school, not the same thing, but a number of years ago. He took batting practice at PNC Park. A bunch of Penguins came over and they took batting practice. I don't remember what year it was. And he hit one about two rows from the top of the right field stands over the Clemente wall and almost, I mean, it's batting practice, but still, he, yeah. he, he, he bats left-handed. Was that off Tony Watson? <laughs> <laughs> lefty on lefty, yeah. That made it even more remarkable. Actually, I, I, think, I think it was against this Josh Smoker clown who's, um, if you want, next time you'll see him, will be in Indianapolis. But, I mean, Sid was two rows from knocking the ball Onto the the boardwalk there and into the river. So I mean, he's you know he's had some skills doing that. Hand eye coordination, uh, astounding. Not exactly lacking. Ridiculous. Stan, uh, who's on your show today? Big show. A lot of hockey today. Mark Madden will be joining us at twelve twenty. Um, Jay Caulfield will be joining us today at one twenty. And um, the one to two hour, it's uh, Stan and Guy Day. So. Uh, guy will be joining me from one to two, and we'll both be talking to Jay Caulfield. It's standing guy day. I like that. Uh, thanks very much to Stan Savern for joining us. Also, thanks to Shane Torres. He's going to be at the Burning Bridges Comedy Festival. Uh, well, tonight's the last night he'll be performing at this multi-day event and multi-venued event. Go to Burning Bridge, BurningBridgesFestival.com to get tickets. Also... Uh, big thanks to Dan Potash for joining us today. Always nice to talk to Danny Potash and uh, the great Jimmy Schubert, 
who shared his thoughts on the passing of comedy legend Mitzi Shore, who was the uh, the matriarch of uh, modern comedy, really. Running yeah, it was the great to talk to Los Jimmy Angeles. And uh, also, big thanks to our friend Joe Bartnick. Joe B, you're you're gonna stay in town on Saturday, right? I am gonna stay in town until Saturday, and then I think my mom is gonna throw me out. <laughs> how many how many days have you been here now? Uh, well, I yeah, almost yeah, two, uh, like Tuesday to Saturday. That's awesome. Last Tuesday to Saturday. <laughs> hey, by the way, during Sean McDowell's show today, Britt Floyd is gonna be playing in the coffee house. That's pretty cool. Nice. I think they're at the Benham the next couple of nights, Thursday and Friday performances at the Benham Center, but you can hear them live on DVE today. And they're pretty cool. badass. Yeah, tomorrow Dude. on the show, our buddy Steve Montleone will be here. Joe, are you going to come back tomorrow? I don't know. Or you you want to sleep you, in? You have to invite me. You're welcome. You're always welcome. It's open door policy for you, Pally. We'll see what, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this party here. going. We'll see how <laughs> I know. I, maybe I think I'd get an apartment here. Bring in some gabagool. Oh, you mean to go down there? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on how deep you take it tonight. No, yeah, we'll see. What, uh, me and my dad, I, I promised my dad wings for like the last, since I've been here. So we're going out oh. for wings tonight. So we'll see. We'll you see already have the place uh, locked yeah, down? There's a great, I don't, yeah, there's a great place in Castle Shan at someone else's bar. Oh, yeah. You know oh, about yeah, that place? That place. It, it, you wouldn't know it by the front of it, but oh, some good wings. Nice. Beautiful. Uh, hockey again tonight, too. Flurry gets the shutout last night in Vegas. Stan, I'm just saying, wouldn't it be nice if somehow that all came full circle? And they battled it out. Oh, the league would love it. Oh, my God. The league would just, you know, go berserk. Yeah. And plus, imagine the LARPing that they would do on the ice out there in Vegas for a Golden Knights-Penguins battle. What's the guy with a spear hack up the whole block? <laughs> oh, oh, just, yeah. Peter would just be in arms about that. Clubbing a penguin. That would be brutal. I, still, I, don't, I don't like that matchup for the Kings. They got a guy with a flag against a guy with a sword. <laughs> it's I, not fair. <laughs> it's just not fair. Uh, okay, did I hit everything? Oh, yeah, okay. They'll be in the Permanis DV Coffeehouse during Sean's show today. Britt Floyd. Good deal. All right, listen to us on iHeart. If you missed the rest of the show, you can always go back and listen to each and every day, hour by hour. It's all one fluid podcast at iHeartRadio.com. Used to be broken up by hour. Now it's just one big wave file or something like that. Oh. So that's kind of cool. iHeartRadio.com for that. Clock reads in the coffee house tomorrow, too. Great local band. Looking forward to those guys uh, performing live for you. Michelle's up next. Have a great day, everybody. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him done, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.